0: I am your host, Lev Polyakov, at Lev Poe on Twitter, and we are all the way live. Back with us is Alexander Bard and Lord Miles, all the way live from Ukraine, Alexander Bard all the way live from Sweden. <laughs> this is one of the best crossover episodes I could ever hope for, where we are getting the experienced with the, uh, I don't know how to say, like, uh, Alexander, you would be the wise uh, wizard. And Lord Miles would be your sorcerer's apprentice, going out into the world, meeting new people, exploring new things, and trying to figure out oh. what it's all about. So, Bilbo Ale- and Gandalf. Yes, exactly. Bilbo <laughs> and Gal- Gandalf, indeed. Now, I want to first start with Lord Miles. Just update us on where in the world is Lord Miles right now and what is Lord Miles up to. And also, shout out to all of the Instagram people who are watching this right now. This is being live streamed on uh, my uh, Instagram, which is instagram.com slash So, let's, uh, let's just go through this. Lord Miles, take it away. And also, Gio, no typing. Uh,
1: well, I'm not typing, <laughs> oh, okay. Actually.
0: All right. I don't know what that was. I don't was. know where
1: this typing sound is.
2: I don't even know where I am half the time anymore. I feel like an Alzheimer's patient just wandering out his uh, care <laughs> home. But, <laughs> but at the moment, I believe uh-huh. I'm in Ukraine. And I've um, made friends with some soldiers, so they gave me a uniform. I think I'm maybe enlisted in the Ukrainian army by accident. <laughs> and I'm going to go mine soon. Wow.
0: <laughs> oh. It's kind of the colors of Sweden too, right? You have the uh, yellow. It, yeah, and the blue. they
3: are literally the same colors. They both fought against Peter the Great. So, oh, she's I don't know, I don't know if the Ukrainians picked up the Swedish color or whatever. But actually Ukraine is fundamentally the Kievan Rus. The Kievan Rus was founded by Swedes about 12 1,200 years ago. There's a long historical connection between Sweden and Ukraine. And and this is also why it's important to understand what the Ukrainian national identity today that is on the threat, of course, on the Russian one, is because the East Slavic culture is divided between the Kiev and the other one, which is Novgorod. And Novgorod, interesting enough, which is the other major Russian capital, historically, is located precisely between St. Petersburg and Moscow. Let's understand the Russian heartland is toward the northeast of Ukraine, whereas the Ukrainian identity starts with the. And this is this long tradition of this, of course. And, it was, I think it was at the, the Battle of Poltava when the Ukrainians sided with the Swedes, but the Russians still won and chased away the Swedes. That's where the Ukrainians decided to take up the blue and, and yellow uh, colors for their flag. And they basically took the Polish flag, which is always red and white, and just copied it. Instead, they used two colors of uh, uh, yellow and blue, which ironically is identical to Sweden and Denmark. because Denmark has kept red and white colors, their flag, kind of and which and is the oldest national still used flag in the world, and the Swedish flag is the world.
0: But it is a pretty interesting how you have a country like Russia, which for a very long time has been conquered and led by native non-Russians. So you would have people coming from the Nordic countries, then you would have the people who are the European leaders coming in, you know, like they are all each other's cousin out there in Europe, Catherine the Great and whatnot. And uh, right now there is this tension that's building up with Putin, who recalls this time when Ukraine was a uh, considered to be a part of the Soviet Union for all intents and purposes. But the problem is that the culture has moved on. But I'm curious, uh, Lord Miles, what have you noticed within the culture of Ukraine that you've been in right now? How do they react to uh, Russia? What's going on there?
2: Well, I made the mistake of bringing a Putin mask with me and wearing around the streets of Russia. Um, <laughs> places um, um i wonder why but honestly they dislike russia immensely for obvious reasons they're, uh they're stamping on their civil liberties to put it lightly and i think ukraine wants some breathing room they want to make their own path they have their own manifest destiny and they have pride in their nation that's one thing they didn't get over
0: under the soviet union
2: they were just a puppet for a bigger machine but now um i think they want to build their own
0: that's uh, what it looks like to me. And Alexander, for the people who say that uh, these are two, you know, two places that were once conjoined as to one. And also throwing in here, Lord Miles, you recently become fascinated by, uh, well, from... Is, some is, your... somebody, is
3: somebody typing? Because I hear typing sounds all no, the time. No, I'm not typing. Yeah, yeah I'm not typing Weird. either. Okay.
0: No, no. I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> But, uh,
3: just unmute while you're typing and then
0: you know. Yes. And mute while you're yeah. typing. So no, you nobody's know. typing okay. here right now. Uh, okay,
3: I think, I think there's several things that are happening at the moment. Uh, of course, the battleground is Belarus, which is the third country of this sort of Islamic culture, uh, which is very, very close to having the sort of Ukrainian uprising that, of course, the Ukraine had and became democratic. Um, uh, and, and Belarus was lost to Putin because Putin did the only thing he knows how to do, which is basically sending troops to support. Deeply, deeply unpopular dictator compared to Putin, which is Lukashenko. And Lukashenko, of course, basically allows the Russians to do whatever they like in Belarus as long as he's officially in power. And uh, this is, of course, why Ukraine is problematic. The other thing is, historically speaking, Ukraine has always been divided. You, the name Ukraine literally means borderland. Ukraina means borderland in in, <laughs> in, in all these Slavic languages. It is the borderland. Of course, fundamentally, Poland and Catholicism to the, to the west, which is West Slavic, and then it is Russian and Orthodox to the east, which is east Slavic. And a large part of the population of Ukraine speak Russian as first language. Uh, Ukraine and it's, it's suppressed during the Soviet Union, it's bumping, bumping back again. You have a strong sense of Ukrainian nationalism in Kiev and West of Kiev. You go to Lviv, which used to be a poor city by the, in Western Ukraine. It's unthinkable they would ever be under Putin or Russia or whatever. They don't feel like Russians at all. People will remind you instantly that Stalin tried to, you know, and basically did star millions of Ukrainians to death in the 1930s just to control them. They hated the Soviet Union. They wanted to get out. The Ukrainian nationalism in Western Ukraine is incredibly strong. It's way more problematic when you get Eastern Ukraine. And we get to the Donbass, for example, they're fighting over at the moment. It has, everybody has Russian passports already in Donetsk and Luhansk and they speak the Russian language, they have never speak Ukrainian, and, and this is problematic. And of course, the people, the, the, there are people who support Ukraine, in East Ukraine, but they're probably doing more because they want a democratic path forward. They don't want to live under the sort of cynical, oligarchy uh, uh, type of leadership that Putin represents in Russia, but they, they feel that they're negotiating between the Russians and the Ukraine in the sense. Like when they're cynical, they say, these are just two mafias fighting it out. When they get more sincere about it, but when it comes to my children, and my children's future, I think my children are better off in a democratic system than would we'll be in another version of the Tsarist. Mm. Uh, this yeah. this is
1: why well, well, like, someone in, in the
3: chat.
4: Yeah, oh, people sorry, have go go a degree.
3: Ahead. If you go to Donetsk, people have a degree. A lot of people in Donetsk on the side the Ukrainians, but not culturally, more like because of democracy. Whereas people on the side of the Russians, basically, no, we're Russians. We should have been part of Russia. We, we just by accident up to be in the Ukrainian Soviet Republic or the part of Russia. Mm. And the same problem is, of course, the one in Crimea. Same
0: one. Well, I uh, agree with what you're saying, Alexander. The uh, thing that I'm seeing from uh, Lord Miles as far as the kind of uh, group that I would say Lord Miles is in as far as young people who are very—I uh, wouldn't say— I'd say sillier than angrier than anything else, as far as their approach to life, but well, still, well, I, they, well re- I, real quick though, they look at a lot of problems and they end up not looking so much at Putin or Russia, which they see as being based and tradpilled, but they start looking at, for example, the CIA, they start looking at the Rothschilds, that tweet, I recall that tweet he did, Lord Miles, so the reason why I'm saying this is I think there is a fascination with not so much who are the puppet masters of this foreign country that we don't even know anything about but who are the puppet masters of this Western world that's got a lot of problems in it right now that seems like it's going in a very totalitarian direction those are the things that I think are fascinating most people so uh, I'm curious first off Lord Miles what your approach to this is and uh, do you agree with me as far as the assessment here and then I would love to hear from Alexander uh, as a response
2: Well, I believe there is some sort of entity out there controlling certain nations and pointing things and throwing money around to uh, cause conflicts. I can't say which nation is doing it and uh, which countries they control. But I think we know which one I'm speaking about as a right wing person, to put it lightly. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Well, actually, I'm curious. Of course. (laughs) Well, if we can get into this without being shut down by uh, the uh, YouTube algorithm, I think we should. Alexander, what would you uh, how would you respond to that?
2: Speak your mind, boy.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure she's Very lightly.
2: <laughs>
1: well, I, I actually... Now that you bring this up, Lord Miles, I've been being... I've been a, Since we announced this podcast, I've been grilled all week by Twitter anons that I have to ask you the hard questions. Yeah. So let's just get it out in the open. Lord Miles, are you or are you not an MI6 agent that has been sent by the British government as a sort of right-wing pro, a uh, sort of uh, LARP of the uh, British Explorer, and there's some kind of slap going on. Have you ever taken money from the Crown Lord, Miles?
2: Well, yes, um, because I still tax money. now. <laughs> <But>, um... <laughs> <laughs> Are <laughs> but you but a
1: Glowy or not?
2: Mm. Even if I wasn't Glowy, we wouldn't let you guys find out a way.
1: Mm. Uh, that's, well, it's very, that's it's very, very, very interesting, true. Gio, not,
0: how, uh, how you had sure you guys not believe me anyway. Mm. Um, but, well, what's very interesting, Gio, how you had, that, really uh, you had that, you had that in the, of the back.
1: uniforms and the, you know.
0: Yeah, but Gio, you had that in the back pocket right as it was getting hot. Right as it was getting oh, hot, shit. you wanted to introduce that to deflect <laughs> away from the situation. You're the that's one who wants to shut it down, Gio, not me. I don't want to shut it down, and I don't want to convene the council either. What I well, want to so do. Interrupted a base point. What I wanted. Well, what I want to do is get to the bottom of this as far as whether one country or another has influence and ha- what kind of influence and how much does that let's say degrade the uh, other countries that is something that I think has been on the mind of a lot of people Alexander what would so be why are you in? so
3: concerned because this is so boyish like right? boys think countries are important it's not when you grow up business is important so what's important is that can your business expand and can you make a profit And and in that way, Russians, Ukrainians, Israelis, Americans are no different from one another. Uh, When it comes to the Jewish question right now, Russia, Ukraine, the Jewish oligarchs are doing really well in both countries. I don't think they have an interest in creating a conflict. I mean, the Jewish oligarchs have been doing really fine under Putin. Putin has two things he's very aware of. He must please the Jews and he must please the Tatars. Okay? The reason why Russia was so invested in winning the war, at least Formerly in Chechnya, I mean, they lost it. In reality, but gave it back to the Chechens. But the Chechens pretended to be part of Russia. The reason why they invested so heavily in Chechnya, which has no oil, no coal, no gas, no iron ore, nothing, not even lithium, nothing. Right? The reason they invest so heavily is because after the implosion of the Soviet Union, the, the 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 idea was this: Well, the Soviet Union is gone, but Russia is still an empire. It must be kept together. Uh, Yeltsin got Russia out of the Soviet Union, failed because of trying to introduce democracy to Russia, which was impossible. He failed. And that what Putin realized. And Putin realized it must either be a democracy or an empire if you're Russia. He decided to go for the imperial option, which basically said that losing the Soviet Union was a big mistake. Not that he meant it, but we must keep Russia together. That is Putin's entire raison on that. And if he would lose the that's why he won the war in Chechnya, basically allowing the Chechens to do what they like, but pretended to have won the war to keep Russia together. Because if the Tatars leave, Russia's done. The Tatars, Tatarstan is very important. If you haven't been to Russia, you don't understand it's important. The only place with more cranes and more skyscrapers being built in Russia than Moscow or St. Petersburg is Kazan. Kazan is a huge city of several million people right on the Volga. Now, if you're, if, if if the Ukraine is the Dnepr, then Russia is the Volga. The Volga River is everything Russia is about. It runs all the way from northern Russia down to the Caspian Sea, poor heart of Russia. Whoever controls the Volga controls Russia. And on the Volga is Kazan, and around Kazan is Tatarstan, because the Tatars ruled Russia for hundreds of years. Essentially, the Tatars are a hybrid of Mongols and Russians. This is what Russia has that Western Europe does not have. This is what Russia has that Ukraine does not have. The Tatars is exclusively part of Russia. So it's both good to keep the Tatar element in Russian culture because whenever Russia looks away from the West, looks inwards or eastwards, they take out the Tatar element of Russian culture. So Tatarstan is important to Russia, but it's also geographical location. If if if, if the landmass right on the middle of Volga leaves Russia, the Soviet Union implosion will be repeated even worse and Russia will fall apart. China will probably take Eastern Manchuria. Boom, Russia's gone. That's what Russians know. And this is Putin's strong point. Putin is still sitting where he's at because people in Russia, even the people who hate Putin the most, are terrified if he's gone, the Russia will implode. That's the mm. card he's playing. But he's also weak because he has no exit. He has no crown prince. He hasn't arranged for where to retire. Even Idi Amin knew he would fly to Saudi Arabia when he was over. Putin hasn't arranged anything like that, meaning that Putin is terrified. If he steps down, he'll get shot all the oligarchs that went with Putin, go. A new oligarch has to be established and that's gonna be bloody and probably only a really strict military dictatorship can take Russia together. Well, I it's fine. I think at the end of the day, Russia has to go the same way as the other old European countries. has to be And we're seeing the remnants of that in Britain. Britain is going to fall apart in the next 10 years. That's finally the death of the British government often goes into. But it's something similar that I think is going on in Russia. I think Russia should be continent with several different nations. You know, I'm a big favor of city states. I think Kaliningrad should go independent and become the Dubai of Northern Europe. You know, why not? Right? Now, I think I think eventually Russia has to confront. Russia. It cannot be the sort of empire that it's tried to be because it's, it's pathetically nostalgic. and It has to become something different. Why not a continent?
0: You know, something like that. Mm, it's possible, but uh, Lord. it's Ma- yeah. Go ahead, Lord Miles. Uh, Well, Lord Miles, I'm curious about your uh, reaction and also whether you agree with Alexander that looking at the whole uh, country-related things is uh, a boy's play and not a man's play as far as, uh, you know, who is behind it, whether it's one country or another.
2: Well, I think it's a little bit more complex than that. I think uh, at the end of the day, countries are in charge of... Um, major events and have these agendas but at the same time there are obviously other players like mega corporations and uh, institutions and so on. I think we really need to look at who's actually funding these things and where the money actually flows. If we go back to it we see it's certain very rich powerful individuals who's also got uh, pockets in uh, big countries and so on basically. If you look at dual citizenships and governments too you can kind of see the agenda there.
0: So if we were to pick one, for example, I don't know, like you were talking about the uh, Rothschilds, for example, would that be Alexander or something that's relevant today, or is that just a boogeyman back from the 1800s that still haunts us?
3: Oh God, Rothschilds! I mean, God, they're just tired of being Rothschild to begin with. I mean, uh, the way I, the way I started this, that you know, I'm a zorastian, right? Uh, so I, when I came to India, of course, I realized the Parsis of India. I mean, the, if anybody beats the Jews when it comes to academic merit, average income, wealth, it's the Parsis of India. And it was a fantastic to just be invited into their culture and converted to their religion. And, you know, there's a certain point where people are so tired of being successful and running the world or, or being involved in running the world. They just want to get out of it. The first thing they want to get out of college, they just is anybody in there who can do the political theater, or whatever, or running nations, favorite, let them do that. And they'll retire and have capital, and have the capital being tied to business, and then make a profit from the capital. So that's how you run a Swiss bank. That's how you're really successful these days. You don't want to be part of these games. You don't want to run a country. You don't want to run, you don't want to run around with a flag in your hand. That's for 11 years. No, you want your business to be solid, and you don't want interference with others, and you want it to be calm and quiet because then the stock market. Hmm. Russia is no different than that. Ukraine is no different than that. It's more like where are the stock exchanges here? And how do you then tie a government to that? And then how you wave a flag and claim some kind of historical mythos called Ukraine or Russia, whatever, that can then work. And, and then the problem is only but then when you go into these systemic things so you sort of retire from politics and you you stay you, you make sure your kids get an academic education, have some official marriage, and then they stay some solid jobs somewhere and basically you run a bat. you become really successful that's what the parties of india don't successfully. they're immensely wealthy and bored with it why not that's the end of the success
4: Hmm. Uh,
3: i think the problem here is that now we've discovered that we have two flags the russian flag that tries to be an empire ukraine desperately wants to be at least poland and poland wants to be german or something like so that's the culture the political theater that's going on here we don't know where the stability comes in the problem is there's not there's, there's not a third solid power talk between Russians and Ukrainians and sort things out and create a permanent solution that will work. Putin tries to do that admirably by creating a new Delta with Americans and the British. But I don't think he can do that. I think it has to be some kind of dialogue between the Russians and the Ukrainians, or at least between the oligarchs of Russia and the oligarchs of Ukraine. And they settlement for some kind of border. The problem is if you give the Donbass now after you took the Crimea, okay, both would have voted for Putin anyway, to be honest. The vast majority of people are is not Ukrainians, in those two places. Maybe Ukrainians get to keep Odessa and a nice little harbor and, you know, some resorts on the Black Sea coast. And then Putin and Russia gets to keep Crimea. I don't know. But the problem is, is Putin then the next time he has a problem at home, which is when he goes to war, is he then going to go for Sharkiv the next time? I think Putin wants to take Donbass and be fine with that. But then he wants a puppet regime in Kiev, like he has right now in Minsk. And I don't think that is sustainable because I don't think Lukashenko is going to stay in power anyway. I think Navalny well, is still uncounted for. You know, the, the, uh, I, I still think, if you look further down the line, generationally speaking, I think there's going to be a lot more havoc coming out of this. And I don't think the Putin model is going to work. And the day Putin goes, it either goes towards military leadership of Russia, and then war with all neighbors, or it goes towards some kind of more openness, in which case Putin, Russia has to be demanding.
1: Uh, Geo. Yeah, but Lukashenko is pretty, like... He's pretty solid, though, at least from that's what we get here in the West, is that he's a pretty popular leader. I mean, I don't know.
3: Lukashenko, are you kidding?
1: We have Belarusians everywhere
3: in Stockholm where I live. They just emigrated en masse. Everything left him. You know, the vaccine died, which I work with. I work in Belarus. The programmers don't get work any longer because now you employ the Romanians and the Ukrainians because you cannot employ the Belarusians because you have to go fucking Lukashenko and his corrupt family. He's terrible. But he good says, indicator. but he has, has a lot a of based policies,
1: terrible. Alexander. Hmm. What he has a lot of based policies that uh a lot of like people on 4chan admire. So I don't know what's the problem here.
3: 4chan <laughs> doesn't run the fucking world, 4 is just full of 11 year olds <laughs> <euros> that don't <laughs> what
1: have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all uh. seriousness, I what why do you think though? Um, I guess to Lord Miles's point, I I get what you're saying about how nation states are irrelevant but I do think that um when they're, it comes secondary. To-
3: they're secondary well, they're secondary po- they're theatrically relevant but they're not really relevant real relevance well, well, is with capital think- and business and attention and the internet it's not with it's not the running race nation state
1: but then why do you black. think that the American security state has been so obsessed over Ukraine to the point where they're like our, are the, they're America's next best ally and how biden is like going apoplectic over putin like why do you think that the security theater has because been-
3: it because if the ukraine is taken or gets a puppet regime or putin wins as soon as xi jinping in china's under stress is going to take taiwan and then america's done
4: mm,
3: You just lost sure. afghanistan embarrassingly both <laughs> pathetically yeah. Vietnam all over yeah. again. You cannot win wars. America cannot win wars because nobody dares to die in America for anything. Yeah, except,
4: except in America, Miles, and he's not spend, even American. You can throw
3: billions of dollars onto the U.S. Army. If it doesn't want to die anywhere, it cannot win a war. Just lost the fucking, the fucking Taliban beat you. Listen, you can you, you invade a country, the bomb beat to death, you, do not even, you don't even you don't even speak their language. You don't even bother to speak their language. You don't understand the culture. That's not how you run a fucking empire. Mm. You haven't learned anything from the Persians. When they invaded the Babylonians, they went to the Babylonians and said, you're not worshiping your God martyr good enough. Here's money to build a fucking martyr temple. And by the way, take the Hebrews out of there. Spend money on them building the second temple in Jerusalem. We're going to teach you what a great nation is within an empire. The America's never did that. The nation-building strategies in America are pathetic. That's where you fail and fail and fail all the time. That's why you lost to Vietnam, lost enough. And the rest of the world is now terrified that Putin's going to take Ukraine just out of scare. Maybe he doesn't even want it. And then as soon as Xi Jinping has a crisis at home, all he will do is attack Taiwan, knowing Americans will not defend it. Hmm.
0: Here's you what, don't have a dick. Here's what I don't right? get. This, and we are going to get to the dick question because uh, the uh, theme of uh, today is regating, cuts, look at the re, comments. Yes, it's, it, it's Lord Miles' big dick is the theme yes, of the—
3: exactly. Lord, Lord Miles'
0: big. big dick, exactly. And it's interesting yeah. because, yeah. Lord Miles, you are somebody who, even though you had your sexual encounters in the past, you have uh, decided that this is not the path you want to go down, that you are going to have more of a— uh, christian more of a uh, holy way of being as far as not having any sex before marriage and instead reusing that energy for a drill explora- yeah for exploration adventure can you talk a little bit about uh how you are feeling now that you made your decision uh, right now and i'm curious what alexander thinks of this uh, particular path
2: Oh, it's brilliant. I see my peers and honestly they come dumpsters, it's pathetic. (laughs) Um, I look at my old university and I see girls with hundreds of um, partners, basically, or uh, one-night stands and they have uh, huge depressive issues. Uh, they basically hate their lives, they're suicidal, they're alcoholic uh, nightmares to speak to, and then they wonder why their uh, sexual marketplace has plummeted. It's kind of ironic, they don't really understand it, and if you even hint towards it in genuine conversation, um, they, they explode, they just can't realise it, so it doesn't make sense to them. With me, I've I've been tempted, of course. Like straight after Afghanistan, I had some OnlyFans models DM me, looking for clout, basically, saying, "Oh, I'll sleep with you," uh, blah blah blah. And I just told them to f off casually. And I think that was <laughs> the best I ever made. Um, mostly because if, if I mean, the whole sexual marketplace has become so diluted to a point where sex doesn't matter anymore, and therefore is not valuable to me, so I don't see it as a thing I need to get straight away. Um, I can wait. And at the same time, if I don't get married by a certain age, I'm just going to never get married. And if I do get married, I'm going to have eight children and basically catch up on last years. It's
0: so good stuff. Alexander, what do you think of this approach? Oh,
2: there's there's tons
3: of tantric energy, but the tantric energy actually comes from not coming. So I I agree half here with Lord Miles. I think he's, I think your position, Miles, is perfectly okay and Um The tantric energy gets. From not coming and that's something i work with as well and if you're going to do really good philosophy for example, we, should have to. we should think thoughts that you haven't anybody before otherwise you're not a philosopher and then formulate them uh if you want to do that kind of work you have to go into long Maybe targeting yeah i think periodically you learn to do it eventually I'm, I'm 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 like if you're a christian i'm a zoroastrian we have we have gone down the path and found spiritual and religion to be incredibly rewarding we're probably both deeply, deeply respectful the sort of cynical, nihilist, secular, atheist society we're in at the moment. We think it's doomed. I think I totally agree on that. My path, though, was to go further down through Judaism and Zoroastrianism, rather than David Christianity, because I think Christianity has certain problems that it's going to be confronted with historically, Islam even more so. But that's more of a philosophical question if you want to enter that. I think my stance was that, yes, uh, sexuality is never harmonious or balanced. Uh, it's always incredibly powerful place to be in. Uh, I I basically channel it through art. That's where I put sexuality and expose. So sexuality means to be inspiring. I mean, say you do a psychedelic retreat. It's a bit like sexuality. You have an intention for it. Why am I here? Why would I have sex with this woman, for example? Why would I do that? There has to be an intention. There has to be a reason why I should be here in the first place. Then there's the sexual act itself. And if you don't come as a man, it's even better. You're going to stay within for six hours rather than six minutes. And I like that. You're probably going to stay with her rather than chasing around for other women. You're not going to use women as some kind of disposable things to throw away. Uh, your sex life is going to be so much richer. Your life in general is going to be so much richer. But then you also need the integration. The integration is what follows the day after. Where does that lead? What was, this, what was the point of the sexual act? And that's when sexuality can become meaningful. Always, always a wild beast to write. I, I, I would say, though, I admire guys who can stay off sex and entirely. And monks do all the time. Military men certainly do. Monk periods do. I don't think it's a permanent solution at all, but I think it refreshes your mind just by staying in a celibacy for quite a while, and then look at the world with much clearer eyes. So that's
2: why I think Miles and I agree.
0: Miles, a response for that?
2: Well, it's very true, though. I mean, it's like uh, when it comes to
0: other things like fasting,
2: um, it does clear your mind. If you abstain from Certain desires, bodily desires such as fasting or even uh, alcohol or smoking or anything in general, it does clear your mind and actually enhance your brain in general. Um, it's also some philosophical nonsense. Um, it's, it's actually hard science at the same time, paired with philosophy that goes back you know, eons. Everyone said if you abstain from certain things, it does enhance you. And that's why I think today's society is so screwed because you've got an abundance of everything. Everyone's seen that meme where it says, um, "You know, tough times create uh, good times, or good times create yeah. um, weak men," and so on. And I think we're definitely in the weak men section of things, and that's why you've got people not dying in wars and pe- weak philosophies and weak nations, and um, a lack of meaning of the world. And that's why everyone's so depressed in general. And I think that's why I'm
0: so happy.
1: This is why incels will be the true aristocracy in the future. No, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> but I'm it
0: is f- it is funny, you. though, speaking of incels, that as far as I know, fewer people, fewer millennials and Gen Zers are having oh, but actual this is sex. Mixed,
3: wait, this is the total opposite. The incel is a self-appointed victim. I'm talking to Lord Miles here about being heroic mm. in yourself. Well, oh, yeah.
2: That, yeah. And being heroic in is the, the, the incels, they line so pity and go, oh, woe well, me, I can't take life by the horns. Everything's, yeah. everything's destroying me. I'm, um, I'm a victim of society. And you just gotta <laughs> laugh at people because they you actually uh, think that society is meant to carry them. <laughs> um, well, it, it is
1: true. I think that when it comes, well, particularly the insult question, I wanted to get back to uh, what we are talking about before that uh, actually Lev, to your shock and horror, um, there are certain white nationalists on certain telegram groups Uh, One of them uh, happens to work for a certain podcast network that says that um, actually they're they're spreading this clip of a rabbi that is saying that the uh, certain people are actually benefited by Putin being in power. So a lot of white gnats are sort of uh, dropping the uh, neo-Duganism, I think. Uh, Anyways, Mm. about the insults. No, no, it it is. It is
0: true. And I could tell you why because Putin is very superstitious and he thinks that they all have magical powers. That's why. Well,
1: I mean, that could be true. I mean, that's... <laughs> we don't know. Um, <laughs> Lev, do you have the sack? I don't see the chain of the, the gold sack. No, no, there. I have
0: I have a tensor ring, but that's a, oh, that's a different Oh, yeah, that's I for thought you all story. had to have the
1: baggie. It's like one... No, that was the South Park thing. Yeah, e- exactly. Um, but about the incel, I think it is it is quite interesting how at, at a time when we're inundated with sexuality. I mean, this is an older point. This is like ancient, you know, manosphere stuff. But at a time when we're sort of inundated with like the cheapness of sexuality, um, at the same time, people are having like less physical intimacy than ever. But the incel is sort of like a weird creature where you don't necessarily have the benefits of someone who has taken on a monastic sort of asceticism. It's It's still like largely, I think, a product of resentment. But if there was an ability, I think, a strategy to say, like, okay, maybe it's not um, advantageous for most young men to uh, be caught up in this sort of downward spiral. But at the same time, I mean, if you really do accept the black pill of, like, certain uh, manosphere discourse, which I think people are starting to see as kind of ridiculous, what, what is there to do should there be a sort of a rebirth of asceticism? That younger men, in particular. Oh, show. oh, oh,
3: oh yeah. wait, 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 wait! It, this is a good, this is a good threat. Okay. 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 When the insult doesn't get fucked,
4: mm-hmm. and he's resentful
3: and bitter about it, and then pretends that he's chosen celibacy. Oh, That's yeah. really that's the pillar thing. That Jake is the sells. worst guy of them all. That's the guy who walks out of the village and he's too good to be sexual, and he sits on his pillar outside and starts declaring the Gnostic truth. Gnosticism, you know, for us, I hate gnosticism. Mastaq, who was the inspired Islam, Mani, who inspired Augustine, you know, to all the bad things from Christianity. The gnostic is always, no, 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 I'm too good for sexuality. But reality or you no. Know. No, you didn't get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, anyway you went to the school dance when you were 14. And you were burned out by all the girls because you were disgusting and they didn't want you, because they wanted somebody better than you, and you don't admit that. And that's the guy in that way, it's better the incels at least are honest about the incel or whatever we want to call it, because when the incel then switches and pretends, not Lord Mindset, and pretends that he's, that, that, that he's chosen the celibacy because he is superior, that's what he gets things. And that's that, the sort of thing yeah. we're out for. You know, the Catholic that's Church has great boys for 2,000 years. Let's admit that. There's oh. something weird
2: going on here. right <laughs>
1: Here we
3: go, so that, that uh, Lord Miles.
2: Like, that sounds like the fat acceptance movement. Um, every person who's pro <laughs> fatness was once, uh, once you know, a person looking to get fit. Eventually got disheartened and kind of uh, created a whole ideology beyond actually, uh, you know, going around the goal that we wanted. Um, it's the same thing, really. Same thing with incels. Um, <laughs> it, it's pretty funny to see as well. Um, these these incels they dive into huge ideological. Um, Say pipelines, most of them kind of get obsessed with studying Rome and uh, go down the <laughs> <laughs> That's what we can Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: No, but I... I sorry, no, go
0: ahead. But to, uh, to, to give the devil his due, you would say, though, that as far as comparing the incels to the normies, to the people who right now are occupying various jobs in New York City, let's say, the incels would at least still be aware of certain things that normies just, uh, you know, just it, it gets blocked out of their mind. They don't they're not even that conscious of a lot of different things that are going on right now. What I don't know is how much of a truth do we have with the uh, framework of the incel when it comes to. The doom and gloom aspect when it comes to whether we are headed into well, this Klaus Schwab, great reset, uh, eat the bugs and uh, live in the pot thing. Because I think the incels see themselves as already living in that pod to a certain extent.
2: It's a self fulfilling prophecy. I mean, it's if you uh, if you constantly think happy thoughts to the end of the day, you're going to end up happy. And that's how I got out of the zone of roots at the same time. But uh, if you're depressed and everything, you go play sad music through your headphones and you go wear black and hang out with those types of people and communities. And then you go down the rabbit hole because that's the internet at the end of the day, which has exemplified every single ideology that's you know, plaguing young men nowadays. So I generally think these people have created their own little hell on earth and they have convinced themselves that they're stuck in it without actually trying to do anything. Because if they... Step out of this and actually try to fix themselves, then they realize they've wasted years and they were wrong, which is the worst thing to admit for these people. And You same-
3: can look at the Islamic world to see what then happens because this is, of course, the recruitment for all the guys who bonds on themselves in the Islamic fundamentalism. It's just that they had tons of insults because they locked up the girls. Uh, there were a few guys who got a lot of women. <laughs> A lot of men did not get any women at all, but they were still convinced to leave the countryside and become urbanized, get an education. For example, full of these guys who got an engineering degree, because finance doesn't work in the country, you cannot start up a business because the bureaucracy is humongous, uh, they get unemployed. And an unemployed engineer in Tunisia does not care. He doesn't get pussy. Perfect recruitment for Islamic fundamentalism. We're gonna see the same thing here. I think America, Russia, and Europe are all pro now. See, a lot of these insult guys being told that they're victims, and the way they do their revenge is becoming fundamentalist to any cause, it doesn't matter how mad or strange or weird it is. I've talked about it a lot the last 10 years. I called the golden age of sex and cults, and that's where the insults are going to go. So, since that energy isn't being taken care of by the current system at all, it's going to explode somewhere else. And these guys are, of course, inclined to believe just about anything. After all, if, if you take astrology. And add a few testosterone to it to get conspiracy theories. They're not that different. It's just the pattern is the trigger, so they intrigued it becomes a strategy. And 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 these guys are then willing to believe anything that at least, you know, relieves some of the pain they're suffering from and go on killing themselves in one way of doing it because then you get a little key from Islam and you go to heaven, you don't really believe in. But at least it's something more honorable just sitting there jerking off the corner all day.
1: Beast, you know, chaos maxing. That will be the future. 100% yeah. agree. It
3: makes, makes me uh, think how many
0: how many of those people are why watching. Why do you think
3: I'm best friends with Nick Long for? I mean,
1: come on. Uh, and it makes
0: me Did think how, many, how many of the people... you convince Nick to come on the podcast, Alexander? Oh.
3: No, be... he, I, 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 I've been asked to ask Nick so many times now, and he says no, and I don't know what kind of... Russian roulette is gonna take for him to say yes to somebody. All of
0: them. I know
1: mm. yeah, that would be. Yeah. But I was just, is, I was just about to rarely say. Rarely he has. But
0: that's, I was just about to yeah. say, how many people who uh, may go into that path are currently watching, break the rules right now, and I'm looking at them at this moment. That's 90% of our audience. Exactly, because right that is that is an interesting thing, right? Where we are in the belly of the beast of people who are very dissatisfied and do have things to work on uh, in their life, which is again why I'm always the bad cop here. G- why I'm always poking and criticizing at various uh, negative aspects that I see because there's nobody else to uh, say otherwise within the hug box. But, but, uh, but ba- oh. back to what we were talking about earlier, though. No, but I do. Yeah, it is
1: a valid point, though. I mean, the fact that, well, well I, I truly think that there will be an age of insanity that's upon us. I think that people are starting to snap. Even in my own country, I can't believe it. I mean, sort of restored my faith as a Canadian a little bit, the convoy. <laughs> but I think that. Um, Maybe people, I mean, for example, Miles, you could probably be a model for, like we've talked about this, a sort of alternative route of uh, going through those depths of despair and poverty and uh, being deluged by a ham-sliced pussy Um, and coming out (laughs) with that as someone who is trying to become someone, a man of action. But I think that for the vast majority, um, there was this very, very old My Posting Career a forum post where it said, like, well, you people that are reactionaries, you, you're uh, you uh, if, if you had a strong man, you're not going to be some kind of like a, a voivod of some province somewhere, you're going to actually you're, you're, uh, your follower instinct will kick in and you will uh, Heil Putler, whoever is going to come down the pipe that is similar to Putler. Uh, but I think that it, it is true in a sense, the people that are gravitating towards these ideas, obviously. And, and but it's funny that Alexander, you said that. Various ideologies because people don't talk about this. There's a lot, of, quite a bit of incels on the political left as well. Just they they mediate it through different channels, they have different connotations. They're called sneaky fuckers.
3: Out. They're called sneaky yeah. fuckers. So they, yeah. yeah, they stick, not, stick with the girls right. and say whatever the girls want to hear. Maybe they can get late, right? So, yeah, and they're despised. No the feminist,
1: they yeah. yeah. Uh, they call
3: themselves feminists. I mean, if you're a man, you're calling <laughs> yourself a masculinist, of course. You're not a feminist, you cannot be a feminist for definition. Yeah. Except if you hate yourself, right? So, I knew it. So Lord, I knew. Lord Miles, about you though, About you. I want to hear more about Miles, about the story where Miles is at and how Miles sees himself. Yeah. Are you the older brother of a whole bunch of guys coming forward who can be something really powerful? Could you be netocratic, as I call it? Could you be one mm-hmm. of the power brokers of the new digital age who, who loves the mess we're in right now? Because, you know, the netocrats today, they just take a laptop and move whatever they like. And if they move to Dubai, which is run by a sheikh as a dictatorship. And you ask them, why are you here? They say, well, my democracy is that I just move. If I don't get the deal from the from the sheikh of Dubai, then I just move to Singapore or move to some other city-state somewhere where I can do I like. I work in Rwanda. Rwanda has now been constructed as a dictatorship that works. It's like a, it's like a fascist Switzerland in the middle of Africa. And it works. Oh, my God, Africans really? Can, Africans can be fantastic fascists. That's news for you guys. I'll tell you what, they can. Fine, I'm totally fine with that. Because you can always leave Rwanda. You can just take your laptop with you and move somewhere else. Now, that's the netocracy. And in this sense, is Miles a real netocrat? And and would you define yourself at that? Don't you take your laptop with you go somewhere else to get what you want. And in that case, can you be a role model for younger brothers who look up?
2: I hope so. But at the same time, I, I worry I can't relate to a lot of people because at the end of the day, I don't have a family I feel like that's the one thing that's tying people down, um, you know, a lot of people were born, say, you know, a single mother or a father or a whole complete family, but at the end of the day, that's the thing that actually keeps them grounded in a certain geographical region, and for me, I'm free to travel and explore and delve into uh, danger because I've got nothing tying me down because of a no family, so I feel like I can become an escape for some people where they see my trips and they're amazed by you know the dangers taken and so on and it actually is working out. But when they go to do it themselves they kind of realize and hesitate because now they have something to worry about. But with me there's nothing. Um, so I'm not too sure if it can evolve something that I can stand for. Isn't hoping- that a, isn't
3: that a disaster for a man today that it cannot raise a family, allow the family to stay wherever the family is located while he can still travel and pursue his life? I mean, military men have always done that. Monks certainly do that. Oh, Except exactly. for the Christian tradition, monks have families. I, I work with Sufi monks, they have families and kids. They just leave the family where it's at because the woman or the mother of the children is perfectly located within a community where other women, especially women, take care of the children together. I, I think I think the nuclear family is the disaster here because the nuclear family forces you to stop traveling the day you want to raise the family you want to raise. I think that is a disaster. I think your war has to be against the nuclear family idea towards a stronger, larger, greater family. And why should you marry a woman unless you first find mm. that? And probably not in your own home culture. You probably have to go to culture where at least still, for example, in India, you still can self arrange a marriage with a woman and she can be totally satisfied, with that and she loves her husband
2: to be out traveling around the world, exploring the world. That's a men oh, used yeah. to do. Why was that lost? It's true. I, I, one thing I was lost to is a one family living only for one roof for several generations. That was an amazing support structure of wisdom. Yeah, and hmm. yeah, support in general. I, mean, I,
3: I grew up. I grew up with nannies, right? My my background is South African Scandinavian, so South African farmers breeding with Scandinavian missionaries. Huge family, five kids. But we, our mother, gave birth to the kids, and off she went and adopted kids, and off she went had a career because we had nannies. I had tons of them. I mean, I'm, I'm totally secure of women because I had nannies <laughs> everywhere when I grew up who kissed me whatever I did, and applauded whatever I did. So at least I wanted to be grown up and dressed for me to get out of that. But the, the, that was a big family with love. And we were freaked in Scandinavia, right? Because we arrived right in Scandinavia in the 1970s when the, when the older, grand, greater families are torn apart and replaced by these sort of tiny little models of urban nuclear families where the father is supposed to stay at home with the kids for 20 years when the kids are being born. I think tying a man down to the world, tying a man down to his family life, it's not family at all. It's just the death of a man.
0: There is a negative side. No, I think
1: really quickly that I think Bard solved a very um, pertinent divide between the Christians online and the Bronze Age pervert people. That could be like a mediation where you have a trad family, but you get to go on and become a step warrior uh, explorer I think that was sort of like mediation. Because women had a form of autonomy back then that I think a lot of like online trads, especially, uh, they, they discredit the amount that women did have in terms of their ability to control a household and mm-hmm. to form a community when the men are off, you know, hunting bison or mm-hmm. something of that. Or exploring well, other you, stuff. You can, you can do this in Dubai or Singapore today. So if you
3: want to be an etocrat, you have to make tons of money. You can marry incredibly attractive. Women who love large families, nannies around while your wife has her career. That's how they live in Dubai and Singapore, large families. Either you pay family members or you have them because what these women often do say, an Iranian beautiful woman who lives in Dubai, she's a real estate agent, she has a career, she wants West because he's tired of Western women and feminism. And they marry and live in Dubai and she makes tons of money of her own. She's perfectly happy. She wants the nannies. And then she brings her grandmother over from Iran to live with you in the house. You, you, I think at the, at the, it, when I toured India three years ago, we, we, I sat down with the students, i guru in India. So you, you sit down with the students around you, it's outside the universities, and you talk about all kinds of philosophical things. And one of the questions is, that, since, we're, since we're now falling into digital age after America, what can we learn? Good question. First thing is, don't go for Tinder. <laughs> it, it will destroy India. Don't go for Tinder. Okay. No, why don't you come up with a new idea that like to be self-arranged so marriage? Because the arranged marriage has a advantages. advantage. One of them is that the marriages are kept never- They don't divorce, why? Because they weren't, they, they, they weren't romantically engaged. You didn't believe the romanticism would last. You know, even in Europe when Romeo and Juliet was set up by Shakespeare, he was a comedy. People laughed their heads out at these stupid idiots called Romeo and Juliet. It only became a tragedy in the late 19th century where romantic love replaced God in Western culture with a disaster society mm. today. If oh, you get the romantic age. love out of it, if you look at marriage as a fantastic institution where love grows over the years between a man and woman who run a fucking empire together.
1: Exactly. That's
3: family. And I think the Indians are, are sticking with that. I think self re marriage is coming from India. Meaning a lot of Western men should actually go to Asia, like
1: Nick and John Haken Kaga's
3: your
0: wife there, live that kind of life because you're AXA, not gonna get the American.
1: Aryan fusion. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. But but I
0: wanna I wanna put a <laughs> word of caution over here because when it comes to the destruction of the nuclear family, while I could see a positive aspect what you guys were talking about, there is also the other aspect of people like the leftists, like I think Melissa Harris Perry, or I don't remember their names, talking about how the parents don't own the kids. And really, the kids should be taken care of by this community. But when they say community, they mean a more leftist-oriented community. Because they
3: killed the family first. That's precisely the point. No, family owns child, period. If family wants to kill child, family owns child, period. I mean, any functioning culture, long-term functioning culture, has a large sense of family. Actually, biologically speaking, if you look at technology, you do your picture. Mm. Families usually have the size of 40 people. by the way, by the way,
0: Alexander... is
3: 150, tribe is Mm. 1200, family is 40 people. Mm. And if it's 40 people and not four, then that means the nuclear family is due. Okay, Mm. look at this, the nuclear family. It was invented in 1813 by a Prussian bureaucrat who only looked at productive results of people being frustrated. It it was not created as an idea by anybody Wanted people to be happy or or, content with anything. He basically saw that the The farming culture of Prussia must be crushed. The villages must be crushed, and therefore they created farms with one man, one woman, child, one man, one woman child, each farm, meaning you could only get out of the house by marrying a woman and then having a new property, new farm. Mm. and therefore productivity in farming increased rapidly. And everybody assumed because productivity increased rapidly, they must be happy. No, the nuclear family was designed to only increase productivity, have kids sent off the factories. And mm. Then we introduced mandatory education, teach the mm. to read and write, they can come back to your workers, because they bred so quickly in the countryside, and people were so frustrated, the people left the countryside. That's how Europeans, at least, the problem Americans, learned to hate the countryside.
0: Mm, interesting. Alexander, people have been, real quick, was, Alexander, yeah. people have been pointing out, and this is true, that your microphone goes out sometimes. Oh. It may be the position of the mic. I'm not sure what exactly that it's may be. Fear. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's all right. I mean, I'm still able to hear you, so everything's cool. But uh, Lord Miles, do you think then maybe an arranged marriage is uh, something in the future for you, or uh, starting up <laughs> your own colony somewhere with uh, uh, maybe multiple wives like the Mormons?
3: I think this is better. I, I think StreamYard has internal microphone as default setting, but it's oh. the external, external microphone is a Zoom setting. So I've just changed. This it is myself. way better. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Thank you, fans and, and, and clients out there for reminding
1: us.
0: Thank you yes. so much.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think, no, unironically, I mean, people think, like, Western, you know, decadent people, they think it's monstrous. But an arranged marriage, I mean, if you can, like, sort of negate the negative aspects of, like, well, you know, women are chattel, blah, 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 that I think it probably could work in some capacity, you know.
3: Of course it does. The Parsis of India talk that. these beautiful women women woke up to me when I was in India touring and... I said, uh, would you like to get married with me? I was just like, wow. She's like, oh. <laughs> but you can, you can sleep with anything you like. So will I. You know, you're a king and a queen. You can have slaves that suck your dick or whatever. It doesn't matter. No, I'm talking about marriage here. I'm talking <laughs> about having children together and building an empire together and having a great last name and running a bank. Like, okay, now I get what marriage really is now I guess what has been lost about marriage in the West? I mean, that's marriage. That's what marriage should be. I'm totally for arranged marriage, but why not self arrange them in that case, or at least involve everybody who's concerned? You know, I think Midas would like that. I like. I, I, I think he would love to have a last say on who he marries and not yes. have a father who just tells him to marry. But I mean, that's the parody of marriage. I think the self-arranged marriage. It's it, it, mm. in the day you do marriage, and we guys here, you're you're going to run a corporation with a woman. You better see it as a corporation from day one. You know it's not mm. about romanticism at all the idea that romantic love can keep a marriage together lasts for about six weeks <laughs>
1: yeah
3: and it's oh, over shit.
1: <laughs> as soon as you change the oh. diapers it's dead. nuclear that's
3: sweden. Red sweden. that's sweden that's Sweden. sweden is going towards a 100 percent divorce rate
1: even oh second Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. but the, they don't know what it is they don't know what mm. they're doing right? and, but does that also talk about that most people who say i want to be an artist i want to be creative <laughs> That most people are just propagandized by whatever environment they happen to be in and go into positions not because they're actually good at it, but because uh, this is just something that they've been raised with. And that oh, co- God.
3: I want to be artistic or be creative. It's an 11-year-old school waiting for his mother to applause him when he makes little performances. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, you about. leave that. Okay, when you become sexual, which even Lord Miles with his big dick undoubtedly is, right? So, when you become <laughs> sexual... <laughs> Oh, don't downplay it, Lord. Don't do that. Whatever. Okay, whatever. When, when, when you become sexual, you stop trying to please your mom. And instead, you try to make a woman satisfied. That means you must stop trying to get applause. And that means that all these people who call themselves creative and whatever out there today, the kids, their kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, and all the dudes mimic each other. And then they wonder why nobody cares about the really mediocre, sloppy shit that they put out. Nick Lund calls these the enormous mediocrity. And it starts after 1945 and with the Mm. internet has exploded. We're just drenched in mediocre junk day and night. It's true. Creative people who are not creative at all. It's like Richard Florida called it the creative class. No. No, no, come on. It's a pink
1: yeah. collar or whatever you want to call it. Well, about. Re- real quick, jo- Jordan See, Peterson. As soon as I have sex with a woman, mm. all of my artistic talent yeah. will just pour out of me. <laughs> like, like, uh. Wait, rats it's, it's like that from, uh. From Annie
0: Hall when, uh. Woody Allen's character said, uh. Like Balzac always says, there goes another novel right before he was going to have sex. But, uh. Back to, uh. Jordan Peterson, who we did not speak about yet. So, not back to the but Well, we him, didn't get anyway. Lord Miles' yeah, yeah. an
1: arranged marriage. Well, though, real, yeah. real
0: quick, I want to ask. A, I want to ask Alexander Bard about this thing that Jordan Peterson said regarding creativity where he was talking about how a lot of these SJW purple haired people who we see today that this is something that existed before as far as tattoos and piercings and this was always the creative class and the reason why they can to uh, choose a, a specific gender, why they're non-binary and things like that is because they're creatively exploring this, and this is not something that most normal people are able to do. I don't know why- they're so
3: fucking normal today. They're nothing but normal. (laughs) Having four hair colors and looking like schizophrenic is standard looks today. It's just just boring. H&M are bored with it. It's just boring, right? Now, they are not creative at all. I worked in the music industry. We got a thousand demo tapes every week from people who thought they were rock stars. We put them in a big (laughs) potato bag at the end of the office. And the first thing you had to do if you were 14 years old and you came as an intern was that you had to listen to all that crap and send them a little note back. Don't call us, we call you. And send it automatically to everybody, by the way, because <laughs> nobody ever came out of that potato bag and got a recording contract. <laughs>
4: wow. Nobody.
3: Yeah. And this is why we're drenched in an Instagram full of scrolling, 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 junk, 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 junk shit. No talent whatsoever. Artists. Art, art, art has to come, come from somewhere entirely different to, to be alive again. This, these are the three narratives that Soderbergh is not right about: the logos of the mythos and the pathos. The pathos is what's hidden. The pathos is the kind of narrative you don't want children to see—pornography, warfare, snuff movies—you know, all the real dirt out there. Because art has to come from there. Because if art comes from somewhere else, it's just fake and decorations. It's not art. That's art. That's real art. Like religion has to be real. Art has to be real. And that means it has to come from the pathical space. And when society today is constructed only through the female mythos and the masculine logos, and it pretends to be logos and mythos, it's only a little boy who tries to charm his mother in absolutely everything you do. I think Jordan Peterson was great in the beginning when he gave his Nietzsche lectures and his Jung lectures and his Freud lectures, and everybody fell in love with him. But I think the guy who came back from the rock star thing and took drugs and survey, whatever happened, has gone into the regular mythos, logos, mythos, realm, where he tries to please whatever is there in front of him. And, you know, the the gusto is gone because he forgot about the path of which he apparently didn't have. He married his childhood sweetheart. He never went rampage. He wasn't a rock star. He was just a nerd. Who happened to like rock stars, but then he thought the nerd was the rock star, and that was
0: the big mistake. Mm. <laughs> what about somebody like, it's like mold bug right mm. there? Well, what about somebody like uh, Joe Rogan, for instance? Right now, Joe Rogan seems to be acting this uh, rock star role, as far as opposing the uh, system. What do you see in Rogan, and that's for both of you as well?
3: No, I think I think Rogan is pathos light, but he's basically just being the guy who is himself, who asks questions that he would ask, like. He's interested, then he asked that question. And the natural presence of Rogan has turned him into a Spotify podcast star, but he only opens up the space for something new to materials after that that has to be much more potent.
1: Mm. But I mean, right now, yeah, How come he's, you he's haven't been on himself. Rogan, Alexander.
3: Uh, I my friends are on Rogan these days, I'm not there yet, and I'm I've, I've perfectly happy to wait. To about it. Mm. So, yeah, you seem like
1: a, I, I want I,
3: you and Sam I was on the Stoa, to I was on the STOA today, and mm. the Stoa usually. The used to the classy sort of waiting room you do the jazz before you make mm. your pop record at the Rogan. Mm. Yeah.
0: And as far no, no. as, uh, you mentioned Sam Hyde, and as far as Sam Hyde, do you think that he would be as popular among the 4chan crowd, or, or among any edgy crowd, if not for certain, you know, anti- uh, anti-semitic things like no no no. i'm curious no i know i know the answer is yes but the reason why i say that alexander is i think today because of the way that the environment is a lot of the things that would be the most tasteless the most let's say gross as far as you know praising praising nazis and things like that that's the that's the spiciest and edgiest that that could possibly be
1: like edgy quote-unquote anti-semitism that came much later if you look at the original mde they hinted towards a right-wing politico but it wasn't explicit until i would say by the time they got to world peace then sam went in a much more political direction after 2016 but the original mde was more surrealist. It wasn't as politically mm. Yeah, but how many people knew about critiquing...
0: it? How many people knew about it back then as opposed to knew about it once they got those images of Sam Hyde with the gun on 4chan and proceeded further from that? Do you see my well, point? Well, the
1: memes, yeah, of course.
3: Yeah. But I'm no, but memes, that...
0: that's where the power lies. So I'm curious, Alexander. No, this, is, this, yeah. is,
3: this is comic strip for boys. This is comic strip for boys. And Hey, hello. Anti-Semitism is so banal. It's incredible. I mean, right now, you've got the Jacobin woke people in front of you. You can just start shooting them if you want to shoot somebody. Kill them all. I mean, it'll do... Oh, on oh, <laughs> and- Minecraft. In Anti- Minecraft. Anti-Semitism is not so predictable these days. It's certainly going to happen. And like I always tell my Jewish friends in Europe, I said, the next time around, it's not going to be a brown shirt. It's going to be green blouse. Watch out for great Thunberg. Okay, so what's going to happen is that anti-Semitism is going to be both the Jews caused climate change, and it's going to be the Jews invented climate change, and it's a hoax. You can attack Jews on both sides, and that's why semitism explodes. It's so obvious that it's going to happen. There's nothing radical about that at all right now. But right now, we need to get the Jacobins out of the way, you know, and, for example, kill the nuclear family. So why don't you attack those things? Because then you're truly controversial, and people are going to go after you. And you're going to get banned everywhere. But if you really want to be cancelled, whatever you want to be, it's the easiest thing in the world today. Just don't do anti-semitism again. Please, I, come up with something at least slightly different.
1: Stuff, well, no, right? but then the the problem is in the— Well, I know in, like, uh, right-wing spaces, if you're not, like, explicitly uh, for uh, Hitler and violence, then uh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> then mm. you're a cuck or so, I don't know, you're kind of a fake—
3: So well, it
0: seems to be the forbidden fruit because of how censored uh, it appears to be online, even though there are a lot yeah, of— Yeah, lo- because
3: your mom got upset, Okay. It's nothing more to it than that your mom got upset you're eleven years old if that's how you become controversial <laughs> and that spreads on 4 fortune is a boys' channel I mean hey that's not where shit happens that's not where people create huge new empires corporations and banks and things I mean mm. I work with the crypto guys I work with hackers of course they're happening they're not fortune any longer that's just the kids' place
0: but a lot of the memes oh, no. that originated from 4chan, they end up then going to the Elon Musks of the world. There is still something that's uh, fermenting in there that people uh, do end up grabbing well, onto. What do you think, Lord Miles? Yeah. I, I,
2: have, I have a theory that if every single social media had the same uh, openness and um, non-strictions as 4chan, that the entire world would turn into 1940s Germany within five years. <laughs> um <laughs> I see it happening because I see these people, they go on 4 for a few it's days true. And, um, Yeah, they, they go down this huge route and then everything makes sense to them and they become the uh, homeless schizos preaching that uh, Zionists are destroying blah 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 and so on. Um, I feel like every single social media has become such a so- safe place that I honestly believe if they knock down the walls of um, content filters and such, everyone be radicalised in a different direction. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's. I well, I remember back in the day, in the early days of Twitter, where people like, um, like Matt Forney used to call uh, journalists uh, F slurs, and uh, it was just in the open, <laughs> they didn't ban you back in the day. If that came, and then of course, 2016 was the big threshold, which we will be talking about, by the way, this Thursday on our mm. Gamergate panel. Yes, um, but no, I think that it, it is interesting how. Uh, there, there's, I am noticing there's a smarter breed of, uh, anti-semi poster that's sort of, like, not of the typical, like, alt-right 1.1. I mean, a lot of those guys yeah. are around. Yet, yet they still don't want but to I, come on
0: Break the Rules. You know who I'm talking about, right, Gio? Oh, who? Uh, the Irish guy.
1: Oh, well, that's, well, I don't know. He's, I would consider a smarter breed than the average, like, you yeah. know, guy posting on mm-hmm. CounterCurrents forum or whatever. I, I, I don't know I think that In, in some ways the, A lot of the tropes they've remained true But at the same time I mean internet censorship Is wild in in one sense In that it is a like a Giant Skinner box in a sense Where you can sort of put people Within their little groups like Alexander was saying Fortune's the boys club mm. It's like the naughty boys that can't get along with people <laughs> The misfits <laughs> the, the misfits and refuse But at the same time I think that there, there, there. I, I truly believe it's that, especially after Gamergate, there was a sense in which there were forces above us that were consciously placing. 8chan HM was the best example. There are people that claim that 8chan HM was a giant skinner box, in the sense of like placing certain groups in a containment field. I think Telegram is another p- problem in that. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Telegram, but I think that a bunch of schizos posting about the Jews in a Telegram group is sort of like not very effective. In the long term in the sense that it's become that like you know all the crazy right-wing people go to telegram here you go um and it's i think that's even awesome. more of a powerful con- thing than just like outright censorship in some ways
2: well telegram's been backdoored anyway so um well, yeah it's well, not well. exactly safe talking but
0: how oh, signal is yes. better
3: yeah signal is absolutely better yeah
0: but, uh, what is but go- I uh, want to go, ba- yes. go back
3: to Lord yes. Miles. I want to go back to Lord Miles. I want to go back to thinking Lord Miles as an older brother, teaching his younger brothers what it is to be Lord Miles, so you could be like a role model thing. I mean, I, I want to go back to that point. Uh, what has your last year been like? Tell us. You came much, from sorry. Kazakhstan. You came from Kazakhstan before
2: you came here, right? Mm. And Africa. It as, yes, before was Kazakhstan. Before that was uh Uganda then before that, South Sudan, I believe, and so on, then Afghanistan. And my next big trip, I believe, um it's gonna be some next level stuff which is happening in phew, two weeks, let's say. So um that's gonna blow up. I think it'll be bigger than first Afghanistan trip if you get my drift. Um Whoa Yeah. What drives you? Drives me, hmm. I don't actually know, I think just fun at the end of the day. Um there's always some good moral spin that can come to it and i do some good work along the side on the travels but at the end of the day if i just sit at home from one five minutes at my desk i get absolutely bored it's just it's pathetic um i kind of just lie there and i want to hop from one thing to another and maybe a little bit sporadic. but at the end of the day i i want to be sitting on my deathbed and looking back and either be surrounded by a family or not and actually say well I don't regret that because I think that would be the worst feeling, you know, just realizing um, your life is ending, there's nothing you can do about it, and then the immense regret of certain decisions. And whenever I come to a path of making a decision between going to Kazakhstan and, say, risking my life climbing through mountains or sneaking into the country and going home and, you know, doing the dishes, it's definitely Kazakhstan at the end of the day.
3: <laughs> I think we're similar there. Um, what, what I did was that uh, I had a relationship for 24 years the man-woman oh, yeah. thing, right? Uh, but I'll live with guys. But I didn't have to do the family thing that you seem to be, you have to do it. It's like, I don't know what kind of background you come from. If it's a broken family, you want to do the family right, because we have to do the okay. family right. I was born into the family being right, to be honest about it, I was very fortunate. So I could, I have four siblings who so all had kids and family, and I'm a great uncle, nasty uncle. They come to me for the sex and the drugs. So I love my, you know, my nieces, but I didn't have to. And they're with guys, and that's why I got into contact with Sufi monks and realized that they could, they could both raise families in the cultures if they had to or wanted to. But they traveled around around the world, often an older and a younger man traveled around the world, and they did all these things you talk about. And I think we 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 finally now getting into something here, of a culture. Well you can temporarily do that in your life, which you clearly are. You dream of well raising a family somewhere in the world, I recommend you to go to Dubai, you meet an Iranian woman or something, or or is horasted in India if you're lucky, because you prob- that's probably what you're looking for. But I, I would say that there's also the possibility to stay in that monkhood and stay with that and live that life, and that's what I decided to do. I've done my entire life. I've traveled everywhere. I've been everywhere. I've seen every culture. I've learned languages. And that's why I started doing philosophy. I realized the Europeans are embarrassing. They start with the Greeks. Philosophy didn't start with the Greeks. It's bullshit. Okay, philosophy will have to be rewritten. Fantastic. I'm part of that. And that's what got me inspired from 30 years ago to make the lifestyle decisions that I made. But I'm very careful not to be role model for men who are not me. I'm very careful to teach guys that don't copy me. Don't mimic me. I'm very shamanic. I'm incredibly weird, uh, I'm out there, uh, I'm perfectly. I'm built to be that way, I'm psychologically built to be that way, my psyche is strong. I can handle those environments, and that's why I'm doing that kind of shamanic work, which led me to become a philosopher. But I would say, in your case, the question is, do you see yourself as temporarily living as a global monk, which you are right now? Or do you, to then become a father and raise a family, which means our current society would force you to stay in a geographical location with that family, or could you imagine maybe raising the family if you have to and still be this sort of global monk?
2: I can see myself traveling quite a bit, to put it lightly. But at the end of the day, I do want to become stable financially. So if I was to raise a family, I would. My, my plan is because I come from a background working in investment banking. I know investing at an early age is a big thing that um, you should do. So what I really want to do is actually have a regular job constantly invest and I look after my child and have them situated in one place so we can actually build friends and family and everything uh, with me and with the school or Some i going to be homeschooling maybe the community and I think jumping around will be quite bad for them but I think I think if I, if I have kids and they get older I think it'll be quite good to mix the two lifestyles where let's say for one year they can travel around to a different nation and explore and evolve the way I have and maybe they can travel to different regions and do different things and I can just help them with that. Um, I can constantly build up their exposure from an early age. And um, I think I can kind of meld the two worlds together, but I can never travel solely uh, with just a family and then hope for the best. I don't think I can have the best of both worlds because at the end of the day I look at it and that'll be the perfect situation. And if it's a perfect situation, I know it's not realistic and not possible.
3: Mm. I know families mm. who do travel and do the homeschooling, and that's why they travel. So there are mm. families like that. But it takes a gutsy mom and things like that. But there are a lot mm. of families who do that. Mm. I find it incredibly interesting. You're definitely a netocrat. You're born to be a netocrat. Thank you.
2: You are, or maybe you're you're, you are <laughs>
3: what I write books about. You really are. <laughs> that's why I'm here today. You're going to be yeah. like I del rimple
1: writing travel books. I think that's. Yeah. No, no I...
3: don't do don't do coffee table books. Do not do anything that. <laughs> <be printed. laughs> Stay online. Stay online. Stay online. Yeah. Don't do anything that's true. printed. When it's printed, it's dead these days. It's do just you coffee think... table books are the end of literature?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that yeah, you're that is true. But I think for men, could probably do it in a richer and rewarding way. I hate to say it. I hate to be sexist, but I think that. Do, do you know um that one YouTube channel, uh, Soft White Underbelly where they interview like homeless crackheads and uh prosties <laughs> and so forth. There is this one woman, I think her name, this French girl that was like, you know, basically a prostie, right? And uh she traveled the world and she went different places and it's like in a way, you know, she has that cool girl French vibe, right? But in a way when you think of it, when you look at an older woman who has done these uh traveling and so forth, especially in that industry, it's sort of like not that it comes off as pathetic, but it comes off as like, I don't know, compared to a man who is an explorer, it just doesn't feel very natural. I I don't. Ah, I,
3: bullshit. I don't know. The shamanic cast, we've proven through data anthropology, is 4% of the population. The androgynous right. are another 4%. 92% are regular Joes and Joes, right? The four percent of shamanic are equally feminine and masculine, equal men and women. So uh-huh. you, just have, you just you just just have experience of women who are traveling and traveling all the time. Women are perfectly comfortable traveling with time when that's part of their archetype. And no, but usually, to women, they travel. It, it uh, depends on, it depend on the, of travel. traveling,
2: the type of women. I feel like there's a certain breed of women where they travel to um, air. I'm not Airbnb. What's called. To hosteld uh, hosteld sleeping around with random guys. I like know
1: that. women like that. So, no, yeah. that's not what I talk about. Lord Mike yeah. about that. Dude. Lord, uh, Lord Mike, listen series, to me now. I'm
3: am t- talking about <laughs> saving you from returning to London to marry an Essex wife, and instead going fucking <laughs> Dubai, and get a half Iranian, half Indian, <laughs> woman who has her own career and has long I nails, and high women. shoes and and, and nannies and things, and you must then pay her bills. Like, that's the family you should raise, rather than having an Essex wife in London.
2: I would have never gone to ethics in the first place. It seems
1: a bit dangerous. You you ever seen those... uh, The British women have fell from grace. I don't know why. But, but like, you see, like, the... the, Well, they had... The the 90s term was the pram phase. But you see them strewing across the street, piss and puke all over themselves at, at nighttime. It's just on those in those dre- fumbly dresses oh my god what are you miles, talking what about happened women?
3: well it's the same with english men so they know better
1: yeah i know it's the town it's called right? binge the, drinking there you go. The, <laughs> the council houses but miles what happened to the british women in particular that they seem to be even more lost than uh, american or canadian women
2: I think if you look at when Rome first um, went to England, basically, and talked about the English people, they said they were completely uneducated. They can't be taught to read and write, um, <laughs> stuff like that. I kind of think there must be some truth there. At the end of the day, <laughs> um, I think, I think, I think. Um, England has just become a little bit of a puppet America in culturally at the end of the day. There's no unique identity or anything. They've just gone to their universities, seen that uh, you should indulge in, uh, you know, all these sexual and um, partying lifestyles. And then they get lost in the whole thing. And none of these people are independent enough to think for themselves. Whereas the Europeans are a little bit more sophisticated. So if you look at if you go more east, you come across the Ukrainians that are a little bit more um, I would say open-minded to different ways of life and they've actually become wildly yeah. se- successful because of that and I would say as well with um I would say it's the comfort of being British that you know the the, uh, the lifestyle isn't too harsh and families have become more weak and everything they have become more I would say feminine at the end of the day and that's why you've got weak fathers who have basically sent their um send their daughters to university to get fucked by you know 10 to 15 guys to get an art degree so they can discover themselves or work in the starbucks in five years and then have a dysfunctional marriage with two children and get divorced at the age of 40 to become a cat lady it's just a path every british woman takes i've noticed and it's very I, say, I, have a, I have a
3: theory on this, have a theory on this. Oh, yeah. look at 1945 okay churchill won the war and still lost the election okay yeah if you if you were a british man in the colony somewhere. You were in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, wherever. You would stay. You wouldn't go home, would you? I think that's oh. what happened after 1945. I think the femini- feminization of Britain started after 1945 because when Britain lost the empire, a lot of people basically migrated. And the, the people who migrated the most between 1945 and
0: 1948 were men. So so basically brain brain. They,
3: came, they came back, they yes. won the war, they went to appreciate it, and they went to the colonies. And that, I think, I find it interesting to look 100 years later what kind of a feminist culture witness has become. And this is what Scandinavians have been idealized. Idolized. So Scandinavia has the problem with its own Americanization. It's gone through Britain, come here. And basically, Sweden today is America run by the Democratic Party as a dictatorship. It's like, yeah, they still, they like still try to defend that Biden isn't seen out every day in Swedish newspapers. Like, it, it, and, and that's why it's a great place to be because. God, I can fight. I cannot struggle, sir. I can fight as much as I like. It. a completely insane place to be. That's like Canada, it. We're basically yeah, Oregon, yeah. the country. Well, I'm, I'm surprised you know, they
0: yeah. haven't sent you to the gulag yet, Alexander. What, why do you think that is? Are they about to?
3: The too weak to even have a gulag. You know, it's just like <laughs> we were. The, we were the only ones who didn't wear face masks during COVID nineteen. We didn't even wear the face mask. It turned out it didn't make a difference. And now they're yeah. trying to turn that into victory story, which is kind of nice. Because the face masks were, of course, just felt false secured and did not mm. they didn't do anything. the—they like they, was just complete fake, right? It's just, it, it, I find that interesting with a mm. place like this, that it's so experimental. Like, Sweden is like the social experimental workshop of the world, where the nuclear family and everything has gone all the way to the absolute bottom, mm. which is also why dialectically has to be the place where something new will appear. But it not, it's not going to be Greta Thunberg. I wrote her mother's songs. I know the family. I want her out of the way. Because to me, Greta Thunberg is
1: the first of the green Nazis. Like, green oh Nazis. My God. That's amazing. Do you think, uh, Alexander, do you think that now that Sweden um, for years was lambasted as the, like, quintessential American-Canadian prog utopia where Assange called it the Saudi Arabia of feminism... And they have like pink uh, parking spaces and so forth. Do you think that this is going to change? That they're going to go to a more tribal model of community family? I know where you do you a t-
3: think where do you think Assange got the got the, got, the, got the term from?
1: The Saudi Arabia of feminism. Yeah, where? We're friends. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... Oh, shit. Wow. Supposed oh to sit embassy with him.
3: What do, you, what do you think I do? I'm a philosopher. That's supposed to be my oh job.
0: Right? I, oh, my God. Yeah, you see, Lord Miles, this is what happens. This is how all these forces are brought together. But uh, yeah. when it but comes to, to Africa... I, 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 want, I want to ask been, about Africa, by the way, Miles, after this. You will never yeah.
3: move back to London and get an Essex wife. I have now immunized yes. you successfully <laughs> with a jab against Britain. You will (laughs) go somewhere else to settle and spread your sperm Mm. and have eight kids and build a fucking business empire. Well, well, speaking
0: of empire, what about Africa? So, Lord Miles, you were in uh, various parts of uh, the continent. What did you think about the various cultures that you encountered there? Uh, Because I think that this is something that people don't really know that much about at all. Just uh, one way or another, people just make something out of it uh, based on something somebody said. So what do you say?
2: Oh, Africa's beautiful in some ways because you can just get away from it all
0: and get offered a wife on every single
2: corner that you turn. It's amazing. So when I was when I was in Tanzania, I I had basically had this girl coming on to me. for ages. She was my uh, tour at the time and she was basically speaking about family and all this other stuff. And I was very tempted. But sadly, I wasn't attracted to her. She was good looking by African standards. But, um, you know, these people were desperate for kind of the, um, I would say the Western idea of a perfect family, um, you know, if they look over and romanticize about it. Same with Afghanistan at the end of the day. Um, a lot of people in Afghanistan are actually convinced that it's like um, the 1800s idea of a Italian family where you get married at 18 and you have six kids. I had to tell my um, Afghanistan tour guide about only he died a little bit inside. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, oh. Yeah, same same in South Sudan basically. It's kind of a it's a business exchange. Uh, that's what families are under arranged by the elders I and mean, then suddenly it works out because that's the end for the day. Both parties And once.
3: Africa's most beautiful women are the South Sudanese. There you go. Oh exactly, yes. Yeah. They are
2: yeah. they are amazingly tall. When I when I was about to visit one of their tribes, I was warned that I would be offered a wife. Um and I need to pay about um twelve cows or something. Um, which would not be too much in terms of a local currency and then instantly I'll be led into some sort of hut and they'll start drumming to the beat of what I'm about to thrust with. And, you know, if I don't last a certain amount of time, I can't join my family. So that was a that was quite the experience, but I didn't join in, thankfully. But at the end of the day, you can go to Africa with, uh, you know, as a white guy with a degree in everything, go into an average job, especially in East Africa, where you speak mostly English. And then you could basically find anyone and marry them within the space of a year, and everyone's going to be happy if that's all, if that's your thing. Um, I think but that's the, the
1: internet racism is preventing you from getting yes, a exactly. trad pilled African. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. I'm no, but
0: is, is there a danger in Africa? Oh, oh, that people but, persi- wait, 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 wait yes, what yes.
3: did you just say, Lord Mads? You would never have an African wife?
0: Oh no, I'm just going to 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 black people. I've got to admit.
3: Uh, I'll change your mind about that. You haven't been to Africa with me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there we go. I am, <laughs> I am a nightclub owner. I am nightclub owner who sleeps at brothel, madams. So you have no idea who I am. I'll take you to Africa and see it totally differently.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> but
0: when, but <laughs> oh when, it to, when it comes to when it comes, I the, gotta get uh, it on this
2: action. When it comes
0: to the society that you've seen in Africa. Would you say that a lot of the uh, places that you've been to, there was more of this tribal uh, culture? Was there anything, let's say, if we're talking about more of the cities, was there anything that resembled the kind of culture you'd find within um, Sweden or London or whatever? Was this its own thing? Was it a combination in the cities of there being still this tribal culture? Or has it completely changed to something else, something that you can't really define? If you go right into the city centre, in the
2: dead centre, you'll find very westernized people where they've got, you know, rich families and everything and they're obsessed with social media, so they do wholly believe the whole sleeping around thing, even though they don't body it the at the same points as, say, Westerners. But there is that kind of cancer in the centre. But if you go anywhere in the countryside or anywhere in the uh, second say a secondary or tertiary um uh, city, you'll find, you know, a very rich culture of, you know, a slow lifestyle, established family, and traditional aspects of life, which is quite admirable to say.
0: So that is in the countryside, you would see those traditional aspects, and would you say the people in the countryside are wealthier than, than the people in the cities, or no? Yes. 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 In Seoul, yes, I would say so. But if in, in right, Bard disagrees.
3: Yeah, no, not really. If you look at the numbers, it looks quite different. But I would say that you cannot talk about Africa in such a general way. You really can't. There's more diversity in Africa than it's diverse in the rest of the world.
2: Okay. Let's give the the striking there.
3: thing with Africa is that Nigeria is so totally different from Ethiopia, and Ethiopia is so totally different from, from Tanzania, right? So let's when say, start traveling say- around Africa, it's enormous, a variety, enormous. Some of these cultures are incredibly urbanized, but they're urbanized in different ways. Wealth is spread in different ways, too. Some the agricultural economies, and certainly wealth can stay in the countryside, but some of the economies have now become industrialized, and then the wealth has moved to the cities. You know when the city inhabitants move to the countryside and buy property, that certainly the wealth has moved to the cities, and that's already happening in places like Nigeria. So you can't generalize with Africa, I think, in that way. I just say this. Half of all children born in the world today are born in Africa. So demographically speaking, Africans will take over the world. We'll see huge migrations of Africans to the other continents, because we're not breathing anywhere else any longer, and and, uh, even to China and Japan. And, and we'll see all kinds of mixes and hybrids coming out of that. We'll also see some of these places in Africa will prosper. Some of them just fall apart and become going to permanent civil war. Uh, I'd say Africa is very unstable. But some of these places, like Rwanda, for example, are indeed prospering. They are world class. They do things right. They have tech hubs. The tech hubs in Nairobi are great. We, we, we're already using tons of stuff, of patents in our own technologies these days that have been developed in Africa. There's going to be more and more of that. And you have places like Mauritius and the Seychelles, et cetera. There are Singapore-Dubai-style economies and incredibly wealthy already. So we'll see. The great thing with Africa is that it's split. The problem with Mm. Russia has been solved because Africa, like India and the European Union, are split. Split entities. And I think the competition between different countries in Africa is really helping.
0: And as far as something like... That sounds like like a a
3: total
1: nightmare to a lot of people, though.
3: uh, Whatever. As far as (laughs) as
0: what happens to uh, when we're talking about nightmares, one of the nightmares people imagine is countries like uh, India and China being responsible for so much pollution. And then they would imagine that if Africa were to industrialize the continent of Africa, were to industrialize even more we would see more of this uh, pollution happening. What do you think about this? Uh, okay, okay. Yeah.
3: Africa and Asia are building nuclear power everywhere. Nuclear power is only problematic where? In America, Britain, Germany, and Scandinavia. Okay, the countries are going to be left behind, and the countries are going make the terrible mistakes right now, otherwise they think the solar and wind will solve anything. You need to build Joe. nuclear power, and you need to have cheap, abundant electricity available at all times. Eastern Europe gets that. Asia gets that. The Middle East gets that. Even Saudi Arabia is building nuclear power. Geo doesn't Africa get that. gets it too. Okay. So anywhere in the world where you have cheap, pure demon power available, yeah. you can create mm-hmm. anything else on top of it. Energy is just the thing that it makes everything else mm-hmm. flow. But expensive electricity where Scandinavia, Germany, and certainly America is heading, is disastrous.
0: Hmm. That's Wait, but, what but I Gio, why, why do you not stand nuclear power? What's going on? It's
1: demonic energy will release man-made horrors beyond our imagination. It's, it changes our DNA. It's terrible. And I we don't love it we've never for those it. reasons.
3: I love it. <laughs> <for> <laughs> it. The missing problem missing is
1: missing that missing. it will just exacerbate the bugocracy and people don't know this. If we had cheap, efficient power, it will just spread industrial society, it will lead to more um well, you you know all the the dysgenic, uh,
2: you know, wait, 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 Gio, 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 you talk about things changing your DNA and damaging you, but do you eat any soy products and consume sugar and touch? Well, it's unavoidable
1: I hate to say it. I try not to. Do. Try not to. I'm not exactly I don't, drinking only. No, I've, listen,
3: uh, listen, guys. I gotta, I gotta leave. Actually, I'm, i I'm, I'm on hard call mm-hmm. here. In, in what, what about now? Actually, the only I've thing I drink nowadays is uh, the soda mm. well, water. Well, Alec-
0: Alexander, before I, you leave, I want yes. to make sure any final questions for Lord Miles, King Miles, as you also called him before, and uh, any, uh, any final thoughts? No, oh,
3: an update I mean, on it's Assange. A, it's, not, it's not, it's not going to move to Britain and raise a nuclear family. He's going to stay Sufi monk. He's going to contact me for advice, and I gladly advise him. And he's going Thank to you. conquer Africa or something with some kind of Iranian, Indian, African wife, or three wives, or five wives, or whatever, have tons and tons of children, build a big business empire. And when he comes to my age, he's going to be a wealthy banker and drink tons of red wine. That's Lord Miles ahead of you. He's a netocrat. He's a great role model for the kids. Follow Lord Miles.
0: And follow oh, Alexander Bard, Bard for, for, for all the uh, yes, people. Up, yes, for all the people here, who are, stand for Lord, uh, <laughs> for for Alexander Bard. Here is Bard's Twitter, which you can see on the side. So please follow Alexander Bard right now. He is an amazing yeah. uh, guy. So Lord Miles, what did you think of this uh, particular conversation with uh, with Alexander Bard? Not somebody who I would imagine you would have ever gotten the chance to speak with uh, otherwise. I don't know okay. if the opportunity would have come up, but uh, yeah, t- let me know what you think.
2: I still don't want an African wife.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. We'll uh, we'll get there eventually. I met this very beautiful African princess at a film festival, the Palm Beach Film Festival. I still uh I still miss her. I wish I could contact her. Is that again. your GF, Lev? No, Gio, I'm not talking about this. But Lev,
1: uh... come on. You're gonna have to tell me eventually.
0: No, I don't. I no no no, I don't. But what uh,
1: the hell, love? I mean, you just you're just totally ruining a friendship right now. Mm. No, um, but oh. as far as,
0: as as far as the way that Alexander Barda uh, looks at uh, looks at life, looks at philosophy, going out there into the world, I think you guys have a lot in common. He comes from more of a uh, I guess artist, musical, uh perspective, uh and you come from I mean, would you say that you're an artist as well? Would you do you have an artistic uh Bent. I
2: got I got accepted into art school um when I was gonna go secondary school in the UK, but then I couldn't pay the fees, sadly. Um so it's kind of nineteen it's the nineteen twenties for Peter themselves again, I'm joking. But um yeah, I would say I'm autistic artistic.
0: <laughs>
2: artistic, artistic <laughs> autistic, same thing.
1: Uh, to, sir, exa- I thought about going to art school, but because of uh my background in philosophy it'd be, it would be redundant because basically a lot of art schools just like um, they have these quaint little theory courses where they don't really do much but it's sort of like you know it's kind yeah, of I, what it does, yeah.
2: I had a friend who went to art school with some really crappy art university and she was basically um, told to come to these optional sessions where they would see real artists perform and then one of the uh, one of the sessions was Lucia a lady smearing her own poo on a canvas <laughs> and just pissing in jars <laughs> and stuff. Uh, naked, so. Yeah, well, that's yeah. why they, uh, the goat,
0: the Goat Say Man would be the uh, true artist today if uh, people gave him due recognition. The only problem is that he's too internet famous. And I think that there is something about the art world, I find, with uh, internet famous people, people who are on YouTube. There is something that the art world just l- looks at it and just like, ugh, ugh, what is that? You know, we'd rather Very be... Amazing. Yeah, exactly. They see a dirtiness in the liberty and the uh, edginess that a lot of uh, these movements contain. And again, I'm not saying that they're perfect. I already criticized the things that I find bad about them. But there is a freshness to them that I'm not seeing in today's art world. And What? Yeah. Depends.
1: Like, I mean, there's post-internet yeah. art, but that's like sort of, even that's become a relic of like the
2: 2010s.
0: I'm just talking so, about um, there being this general cowardice within the art world. Well,
2: today's art world is just um, a giant tax haven, basically. It's just a tax scheme at the end of the day. It's not actually for art's sake. Like I said, you can only, I mean, like Alex said too, you can only really experience art when you've actually, you know, never actually... You can never experience art unless if you dealt with some hardship. And to be fair, a lot of people don't have any really dealt with real hardship nowadays. So they're just using daddy's money mm. to buy a canvas set and go to art school.
0: Uh, yes, uh, yes, and no. Though here's where I would disagree. There are people out there like uh, Flow Bear. I mean, Art there? Uh, are out there? They don't. Ex- he doesn't exist anymore. He's dead. But he—he's been dead for almost a hundred years. He's been dead for almost a hundred years, <laughs> years. But he wrote Madame Bovary, and he was not really an adventurer and explorer. I think that there are situations like with Bear where you are able to have people who don't really like venturing outside that much, but their inner world is very active. And I find that a lot of people today, they don't have the inner world or the outer world. Like, I'd wish they'd have sex. I'd wish a lot of the Zoomers would have had sex, but they don't even do that. So they're not even applying this, uh, this skill. Well, if you if you watch uh, shows like Euphoria, Lev, I
1: mean, they're apparently Zoomers are just... Uh... Yeah, you know, all the yeah i know it's
2: bullshit. it's still yeah. I mean, yeah people live their in our outer world through content creators i mean what i've got to be honest why do my followers have to come to ukraine as well they could just watch me do it um same thing with the internet. Yeah. there's no sense of exploration you could find out anything about the world or any experience at any point online if i want to see a magnificent painting. I don't have to go halfway across the world hunting for genius artists. I can just Google it. It's it's boring. It's it's too much. I think people need to actually be limited by the information and entertainment nowadays.
1: I think that if if you were given um in in a way I think maybe like the terminally online, like in Sol Schizo, they can experience I think a form of that artistry. Like for example, the biggest the best example in my mind would be like Edvard Monk, who is like the original incel artist in the some sense and that he took his inner turmoil with women and he produced i would argue one of the best artistic corpuses in the work of painting in the last like 100 years previous to him so but i noticed that the way that it's mediated is really through self-destruction rather than any sort of productive effort like only very few people i think can achieve a sort of an authentic expression of that, because of course, a lot of people in the art world, they're sort of like fake cells about it. They're trying to tap into something that is either hyper politicized, which is inauthentic to begin with, or it's trying to experience those emotions and sentiments through a wholly, like almost clinical and detached and academic way, which of course can never work. Cause if you had like in the, if you had like in the contemporary art world, like a genuine, like insult schizo, like, you know, doing some performance, it just wouldn't work. It's it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Or it
2: work. To
0: see could work. work, I know. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah. um. But uh, you're right now, Lord Miles, you've been to all these countries and you told us about Africa and uh, Afghanistan and uh, Kazakhstan. I don't think you've touched on uh, that much. But yeah. would you say that people in general who have lived in uh, these more tribal situations, if you were to, like Geo said, bring them into the modern... Era with all the appliances and all the cushy things that we have here in the United States, do you see this mass degeneration of uh, spirit, for lack of a better word, or do you see there being a good way to balance out creature comforts? But the question is, like, who balances those out? Like, wouldn't it be easier to just succumb to whatever creature comforts you have and then uh, degenerate from that? So I don't know, like, what are, what are some of your thoughts there? I really
2: think um, yeah, I really think it would just be better without the creature comforts, I've got to admit. Um, I, I really don't see humanity keeping the self-responsibility it needs and passing it through the with generations without it getting lost. I mean, everyone had wisdom back in the day where they knew certain things were wrong but then it gets mutated with greater technology and then lines become blurry and ethical lines just get more and more complex. I think um, modern society has ruined humanity. When I jumped over the mountain to Kazakhstan, I came across a farmer who had probably never seen a tourist because of the region he was in. There was no roads, there was no, there was no nothing, basically. He, uh, he lived alone, he was doing farm work, he was something like 80 years old. He had about four percent body fat from what I was looking at him. You know, he had the have yeah, a best jawline He was just you know living on pretty much potato and the occasional piece of meat um... And he was generally happy what he was doing and then as i went to the capital um, i saw you know people dressed up in fancy clothes um this was not in Kazakhstan, by the way this was in bishkek um the country we jumped over from when i saw these people in fancy clothes on their phones they were more distressed about what's going on in a little screen of their hands and they were about anything else when the farmer who's actually happy he means nothing you know he doesn't know this world and he doesn't need it i generally want to work a job where I can gain enough money and i can buy a shack in the woods with a solar panel and maybe starlink so i can download books and literature and then i can isolate mm. myself if i don't get a family like if i get to 40 i have no family i'm going full like ted k without the bombings without the bombings <laughs> just with the uh, just with the isolation <laughs> i seriously really think there's something perverted about society um that has come up nowadays i mean when I travel to certain regions, I meet these people and I ask the question if they have it in a monologue, because <laughs> they, they seem like <laughs> yeah, seriously, mm-hmm. they, seem, they seem really backwards, they're just kind of obsessed with this technology they've been given, and I just don't want to become a part of it anymore. And I don't see how you know, anyone else will come to a better conclusion.
0: But, uh, um, but does the farmer, you think, have the inner monologue, or do you think he's guided by certain things that have just, like, patterns repeating themselves over and over again throughout all of his ancestry, where he's just, like, in a zen way going through the motions, but there may not be as much of an awareness, like a self-awareness of what's going on, or no?
2: I think he has more of it in the monologue than the people with the technology, because at least with the people with technology, they... They don't have the time or the allowance to actually think because they're kind of trapped in that world. But this gentleman, he has no barriers. He can jump over with his life savings and drive into the city and indulge whenever he wants. But he's got the option, but actually doesn't take it. He's got the time where he's just Mm. in the field for 12 hours a day. He can think as much as he wants, but at the same time, his mind is completely clear because he knows what he wants. Um, And what he has is what he wants at the end of the day. He's happy the way he is. But when with a person with technology, there's always want, give, give, want, want, take, take. Uh, there's no settling with them. You know, There's always a new thing. I really just want a bit where I'm satisfied and I have everything I need and I can just do my own thing and not need any input from the outside world. And that's how it has always been in history if you go far back enough. And that's how it should be, I believe.
0: I want to be careful, though, when you're talking about... Uh people who do have the inner monologue and make the decision to do what they want to do. I also look at history of people who were also living as serfs or peasants or whatever and who did do, you know, really horrible things. And uh, I'm trying to kind of see, like how do you distinguish between people who can be programmed by if the nobility or the king or whatever says, you know, go over there and like kill this person because, you know, you know the the, the king or the church says you should do that. How many people go into the NPC mode who are living in these agrarian right, lifestyles? Because I don't want to over-romanticize, you know, I don't want to Rousseau things up when it comes to them either. Although Rousseau was not agrarian. He was more like a hunter-gatherer. But either way, yeah. I don't want to over-romanticize these lifestyles lifestyles and uh, people either because i'm not sure what exactly does happen when people uh are only doing things that have been passed down and maybe that's for the best but maybe there is a certain danger there too that we just don't see because we're not living in history you could say we're living post-history we're not living in the history where we would have seen what exactly these um you know these kind of lifestyles would have meant but i don't know like is there any is there any doubt? I don't want to be the cedar of doubt here, but is, is there any doubt to what you said before when it comes to, like, whether this could be applied to a lot of people and what happens then? Well,
2: I, I just depend because I think if you're in these isolated pockets, at least you have community, and from community you do have some sort of ball process that goes through. But if you're in a big bubble of your society like we are at the moment, you know there's a million ideas whizzing around, and it's uh, it's. It gets to a point where, you know, you just don't make a choice or you don't settle down on ideology. And then uh, no matter what, if the king comes forward and tells you to do something, you have a you know five hour political debate online and then the enemies are at your front door. But at least with a small community, you can make those small decisions um, and go from there. I,
0: I, I, well, really... I, I can give you this example, and this is just a personal one again. I know I already know what the Chad's going to do, but let them do whatever they're going to do. I don't care. So just personal example, not my personal example, but my family's personal example. when my um, when my mom married my dad in order to get out of Russia, my dad had to be approved by his dad. His dad had to sign the papers granting uh, exit from uh, Russia. In order to do this, they had to go to the home village of my dad. And my dad, uh, not my dad, my dad's dad, my grandpa. And my grandpa has not seen my dad for years and years. He's just this alcoholic dude who lives in a village somewhere. He was in the uh, Soviet Army before he retired. And in this village, the women were chasing my mom around in order to, like, try and plot and kill her. And he had to uh, tell his uh, father that my mom is a gypsy that she's not a a Jew, because they literally, just like in Borat, they thought the Jews have actual horns that are growing out of their uh, heads. Lev, is this real? or is is real. This This is completely real. What? Oh, my
2: God. Wait, they (laughs) don't.
0: By the way, nice going with the uh, Borat DVD on the uh, the, uh, Kazakhstan uh, area. That's nice. But anyway, the reason why I'm saying this is I don't see a lot of wisdom there. I don't see a lot of this homestyle country wisdom in this kind of approach of trying to kill somebody who comes in who's you know not threatening you and just uh, you know dress normally just because they look weird. It, it reminds me of like the tribes in... Uh, what was that tribe that killed the Christian missionary? You know what I'm talking oh. about? Oh. Yeah, Set- I know what you North mean. North um... Sentinelese, that's it. The North Sentinelese. So it reminds me a bit of that where you could say that, yes, they're doing certain things kind of to protect themselves and protect the society that they're in, but it doesn't mean that they're introspective. And that's, well, that's why, why I, I want think, to avoid
2: That's why I think you need a third input, a kind of a uh, timeless ideological you know, um, thing that's you know above humanity, and that's why I think the Bible comes in. Because at the end of the day, you reference that, and it's you know, I think even atheists will agree that the teachings of the Bible in terms of, uh, you know, I would say, how do you put it? um The teachings are right or wrong, but in basic morals, I think I think the Bible will come down upon. We I mean, have North Centralies are probably like Uga Booga, where it's Esau fifth child because it makes you know more rain go. But the, the Bible will kind of shut that down, thankfully. Yeah,
0: but it's very ironic um, though that the Bible has not been read by the actual people who claim to be of the Bible. If we're talking about most Christians in history they were not reading the Bible. They were listening to somebody speaking the language. Didn't they laugh. don't understand. They didn't have to. But again, I agree with Miles in that. I Th- think this people, is should, very prod- yeah, people should read, read the Bible.
2: It. Imagine if they read it religiously, which does make sense. They read it, you know, religiously to such a degree, but he fully understood it. grasped all the ideas that he contemplated over it and he debated, if it came to a sound conclusion. And I think that is a good way to create a good society. Now, would it be perfect if if a perfect society, it's either, you know, a dystopia or it's not even a real society, it's not good. But um, if you can come close to it, I think the Bible would be a good start. And that's why you had some some religion some religious pockets that actually turned out great and you didn't hear about them because they were so busy doing their own little thing with their own little mundane lives where they were just kind of happy and you know, con- contempt in what they were doing you oh, right. hear about the pockets, pockets, well yes. glass
0: cake um go ahead love well pockets yes and shout out to glass cake and i don't want what about glass cake
1: well he had a good point in the chat but what were you gonna say
0: Uh, I was going to quickly say regarding uh, these uh, isolated pockets, I definitely agree that there can be situations like that. And that's great when that happens. I mean, you could even see today like the Mennonites or the Amish, you know, they seem to be doing pretty well or even the Mormons, honestly. Uh, But then if we're talking about people like, uh, for example, all the people who were called to war uh, against the, you know, the whole Protestant uh, versus Catholic thing, you know, one of the bloodiest uh, events in world history. That's not great either, and they justified that by the Bible. So that's why I want to be real careful, even when we're talking about the Bible, who gets to say how exactly this book well, is Lev, going to be I mean, used. Well,
1: Lev, uh, we can tolerate that Protestants coming in and trying to, uh with their heretical doctrine. Come on, Lev, that's bullshit. And, and I do want to get to the the. Oh, wait, the wait, 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 What? Of
0: yeah, out of curiosity, are you, you Protestant or no? Or is there any Protestantism in Lord Oh, he's a, he's a based
1: uh, Trad-Cath, if I recall, or Orthodox. Yeah, I'm Catholic. Um, there we go, okay.
2: I, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Protestants in the UK are basically just... um you know, oh, yeah. Oh, I read the Bible. I love, I love, uh, gay poo poo oh. pee pee sex. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and, true. Uh, it's yeah, true. Yeah. But that's funny.
0: They're because not it's, even it's... religious.
1: Uh, it's like the United Church yeah. here in Canada. Some bishops don't even believe in God. Believe it or not. It's crazy. But that's a fuck. very,
0: but that's a very different approach. You could say than the original Protestants, because weren't they all about? Hey, I'm not gonna let some Latin speaking priest interpret the Bible. I'm gonna read the Bible myself. Well, so, it's it's actually funny how things reversed, right? Where originally they were supposed to be the ones who read it and now uh not so much. Although I don't know how many Catholics read their bible either. Like you probably yeah. ha- Lord Miles, you've read the bible from the beginning to end, right? No in that order, but yes. What was your favorite uh passage from the bible if you have one that you could choose?
2: I would say re- the whole of revelations in general. Um Yeah, me too. Yeah, the Book of Revelations, because it, at first I read about it and I was like, wow, there's some trippy stuff. And then um, I looked into the ideology behind it and it kind of clicked a little bit. And then I dug into it and I realised oh wow, this actually reflects a lot of modern day society. It's a great warning that people should heed um, in general. I mean, it has a divine teaching behind it and it kind of loose background until, it lose background with the divineness of God and how everything will end by his hands at the end of the day and i don't know, i think that's kind of comforting um you know some people might believe that religion is just a giant cope or comfort and yeah fair enough but at least i'm happy at the end of the day like um that's one thing i think as well if if i am if i am wrong i've kind of just wasted life being happy with god you know if i'm wrong and if the uh, atheists are plagiarism. right they've just kind of been miserable and they just you know they're right but they have no satisfaction because it's just darkness you know? Well, I, now, but, I
1: think that in some ways it brings hell rather than comfort in this no well in the literal sense i think that the, metaphorically i mean it it sort of brings um a sort of gravity to life that uh you wouldn't have necessarily if you were a materialist but,
0: uh, lord miles uh, by the could? way lord miles is not glowing right now even though it is dark so there well, we go case closed he is not a fad
1: are you there lord miles
0: lord miles Let's see. Uh-oh. I don't know what's going on with Lord Miles' internet. I think, I
1: think Bootler got him.
0: Oh, boy. Well, he's not in the... Uh, oh, there oh, we there go. Oh, there he is. There he yes, is. Yes.
1: There we are. Um, hey, well, man. the last hey. cake brings up a good point. Um, Miles' lifestyle is an alternative lifestyle that isn't a surrender. You wow. Can you hear me?
4: Uh-oh.
0: Miles, can you hear, can you hear us? Everybody subscribe, by the way. Everybody who's listening, subscribe right now, BreakTheRules.tv. I wonder if some people are still watching on Instagram. That thing's been going, going along like a glitch fest, but uh, it's still going. Oh, my God. We are going to have Miles back right now. Don't worry. He is just adjusting. He is adjusting his uh, whatever. He is adjusting his camera. He's going to go back. While Miles is not here, patreon.com slash BreakTheRules. Become a patron today. Geo, what do they get? Oh, what tier? Well, five dollars. Yeah, five dollars. What do you get? The super
1: secret. uh, Well, you get all the audio files beforehand. You get uh, access to our Discord. You become a uh, Discord favorite, where you can post images and so forth. Uh, Special grooming channels. Um, You uh, for that's the five dollars tier. Yeah,
0: dog grooming, cat grooming. Oh, Miles is back. Here we go.
1: Okay, good, good, good. Hey. Also, hey
0: there we go it didn't know what happened
1: there no problem oh, at all there we go um so that's the five dollar tier you also get our undying love and support
2: that's right 20
1: dollar tier you get a magnet from
0: love's father very beautiful a, wooden magnets
1: and that renews every year um with different ones thirty dollars you get a print for me one of five from the No Gf series um and the fifty dollar tier you get everything. You also get a Warhammer 40k uh, statuette painted by Jules. You get any poster print you want. You also get a custom magnet that you can request from Lev's father. You also get a painting by me in the Bob Ross series. And you will get... Uh, what is the, the other thing you get? Mm. Of course well, you get well, your shout out and everything. Yeah, well uh,
0: here are the magnets by the way. So uh, uh, Lord Miles, if you could see my uh, screen yeah. over here. I You have also a... might get
1: access to actually being on oh. BTR if you're at the $50 mm. tier. So...
0: That's very nice. Amazing. There you go. And for the fans of Lord Miles, I wonder if we could have some kind of a Miles-themed uh, magnet. Like, what exact If you were to choose a magnet, what kind of magnet would you want to uh, be created?
2: Please be patient. I have autism. Or <laughs>
1: there you go. That'd be a good one. Yeah, like a little puzzle, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> little puzzle piece uh, magnet.
2: Yeah. Maybe um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe an airplane or something. Maybe travel-related. Something like that. I don't know. Um. Maybe the Afghanistan yeah. flag. Have you know, it is funny, by yeah, yeah, the way, yeah. how
0: your how your name is Miles and you get airline miles, you know, because of all the traveling. That you do. No, there do has to be. Mode.
1: I think a crescent, think. where it's like an airplane, the flag of Afghanistan, and uh, whatever particular symbol of whatever um, where Lord Miles' uh, region in in Britain that he came from. There has to be like crescent made. I think lord miles oh, maybe. yeah
0: uh, this is uh this may be too much but it may be workable uh i want to ask you about um outer space and aliens things like that i don't even know if we can wait this, wait but... before we get to okay. that
1: so Glasscake says miles lifestyle is an alternative lifestyle that isn't a surrender to circumstances like quote-unquote van life which is nothing more than a survival technique that's why he <laughs> is significant well what do you think of the tiny home people and the uh hipster uh, the, well, the hipsters are dead, but let's say millennial uh, van life people that are like, uh, you know, a lot of them have coder jobs that they, they can't get places anywhere else. What do you think of this sort of the tiny home uh, van life uh, type of stuff that was uh, birthed here in Van? Well, I don't live in Vancouver, but in Canada and came mostly from Vancouver and has metastasized to hipsters around the world. So, uh, yeah, take it away.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's nice as most people would say it is. Um, at the end of the day, you're in a stuffy home where most of the time we don't have shower excess. Uh, the home, you know, is falling apart because you know you just built a massive structure inside a, inside a van. Uh, you know, everything smells like socks and all that stuff because you know you have to wash every few days. You can't have pets um, quite easily. Uh, heating's an absolute bitch, same as getting water and electricity. So you have to be really close to a major metropolitan area, or uh, some sort of you know industrial area. You're not going to be waking up to giant uh, you know meadows and views most of the days. Most days you're going to be waking up in parking lots and so on. I think if you really want to travel, it's probably cheaper to fly around and live out um, nice hotels because at least you have a room, at least you have a little bit more liberty in where you go. And if anyone knows, if you drive across countries, especially in Europe and outside of Europe, getting visas for any any uh, um, any car is absolute bitch. Like it's yes. literally logistically impossible. If you in America, yeah, I would say America's a probably good shelf for it or Canada or even just because it's just a big uh, big area and big nation with so many changing landscapes. But I wouldn't do it for a lifestyle. I would say maybe do it for one year if you can. But then it, comes up with the issue of how do you sell on a you know a tiny home van because everyone wants to build themselves because they're hipsters basically yeah so- like people
1: were saying they're addicted to instagram and it's sort of like an instagram thing same with the tiny homes not mm. just the van life thing but I, I noticed like people have this strange desire recently just by getting like millions of views for the particular type of content on youtube whether it be van life bushcraft or uh, people that do some kind of uh rugged uh woodsman type activity i notice it's almost like asmr for people like you watch I uh, in canada the biggest one what's his name steve wallace he camps in different places mm. camping is oh, a good, yeah. like there seems to be this sort of i have noticed in the f- recent few years this type of content's very popular and i wonder it's same with traveling i mean bald and bankrupt's the best example um i wonder is there something that people are missing that they they wish to do it? Or is it just rather content that turns off your brain for a little oh, bit?
2: escape It's simply escapism. Mm. I, that's that's what I think it would be. You know, they, uh, they, they, the grass is always green on the other side. They look around their life and they see an office desk and, you know... Gray walls and maybe uh, you know minimum wage apartments and/or student accommodation or whatever it might be. And when they look around the world and see the strange world that seems uh, undiscovered, and they think, "Whoa, I can go there and make something of myself and do something crazy." <laughs> when they when they go there and realize it's a lot harder than it is back home because you know you're accustomed to your home and lifestyle and everything. So these people, they kind of they want to run away. And I know that because I had mm-hmm. the same feeling. You know, I want to go to Afghanistan <laughs> because. Look, it's Afghanistan, it's a world west. Same with Africa. That's why loads of men go there, because it's just, it's crazy. Rules are not present. You can just do what you want. But when you so, were
0: in these places and you were staying in the hotels, did you get an experience of staying at somebody's uh, house, kind of living the way that they lived? And what would you say are the differences between the hotel life and uh, the life in these smaller communities?
2: Yeah, I would say... In hotels, at least you'll be given some sort of guidance by the front desk. But if you live with someone on the front, you'll be treated like a guest or an outsider. And you'll never be treated like a local because you pretty much should never be a local. If you, no matter what, if you live in if you live in say Africa, say South Sudan for like twenty years, even if you're you know uh, if you know the language and everything, they'll still see you as a white guy, no mm. matter what. I heard um,
0: Japan is similar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah they
2: will automatically assume you're rich, or assume you know you want to buy sex or something like that. Mm. Um, it will never be—you can never become integrated. It will always just be some sort of temporary holiday or you'll always be some sort of weird outsider curiosity. To well, even if even if you
0: marry sex. and have kids, and the kids go to school, and uh, that's still not going yeah, to they'll, change. Yeah, they'll just say
2: mixed. Don't just go, oh, mixed race couple, cringe.
0: Don't say that. <laughs> Honestly, they would. Same with Japan. But, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean. A lot of Africans just hate mixed race couples. Mm. That's what I found in East
0: East Africa. Mm. Well, what about the African Chinese uh, uh, situation? Because did you notice well, that the there Chinese are, hate well, Africans. well but did you notice that there were Chinese businesses in various parts of Africa right now? Is it getting that oh, yeah. visible or yeah? What what is that yeah, like?
2: Was, I, I saw I saw Chinese Chinese characters in Uganda. In, uh, in, Kazakhstan too. There was a Chinese restaurant that I came across. Same in Bishkek too. There's just Chinese writing and ports and um, you know things everywhere. If you go into any shop, you can probably look for a toy and it'll be made in China or have some sort of Mandarin written on it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of bizarre when you speak to these people here, and they feel like they've got no. When I spoke to the Africans about it, they said, oh, you know, we we want to create our own little strong nation, but we're always being colonised one way or another. They're basically saying we're constantly getting cooked and we have no manifest destiny, which Mm -hmm. was was kind of true to some degree. I mean, they had no control of their own nation and they, they just feel like, you know, they're being controlled by external forces. Mm. At least with uh, you know, the UK and America and somewhat China, they were the first to get to their respective places. But with Africa, they just can't be dragged along by mm. these giant corporations and
0: mega companies. Well, that uh, goes back to the British Empire question where I was reading a very interesting book uh, called uh, Modern Times. I'll uh, give you the name of the author of that book. I don't know if you heard of that book, Geo, But uh, in Modern Times, One Hmm. of the uh, excuses given for empires like the British Empire and even more British Empire than French because the French, they were kind of dicks. But with Britain, (laughs) they talked about how there was this sense of not I want to squeeze as much money and resources out of these nations as possible because according to the author, a lot of the money was made not – hardly that much money was made on these various ventures. A lot of the money was made in other ways, but with these particular ventures into Africa and things of that nature, yes, money obviously was made, but there was still the sense of, we can help these places, you know, get to a higher level, yada, yada, yada. Do you think the same is being applied now by the Chinese government from the conversations you had, or do you think it's it's different? And do you, agree, do you agree with that premise as well the, from that Modern Times book that the British did have this sort of a sense of, like, obligation that we're going to help rise these uh, folks up?
2: Oh, no, it's completely different. At least I think the British, you know, some individual idea about to going to, you know, influence the world and create a better world in general from the British hands. But with China, it was like, love, huh, lol, money. <laughs> we'll just... Uh, they just see these people, oh, you found gold? Oh, we can buy it off you for a fraction. We'll just take the entire bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a giant, you know, we go in here, we have loads of money, we're going to promise stuff, and we're not going to give what we promise, or we're going to take advantage of it. And I don't blame them, to be honest. If I was a, if I was a rich Chinese businessman, I would consider doing the same to some extent. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh. um, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, there's no Chinese pride where they want to really, you know, revolutionize Africa and make them into brothers. Nah, never never gonna no. happen. They go they, they don't know, have
1: that colonial America. like model where they're going to interbreed and create a HAPA class
2: that yeah, they will just rule
1: f- Africa. They don't care about that shit. They, yeah, they're they're yeah. cringe
2: atheists who just want as much money as they can, they see it as a piggy bank. <laughs> yeah. There's no <laughs> yeah, really Africa's possible, exactly yeah. like a strip But line. then <laughs> but then
0: comes the big the million dollar question here. If we're understanding the situation in Africa where, like it or not, there's going to be a gap of power and some big power is going to come in and is going to rule things, would it make more sense now that I think uh, a lot of people in the West... Because again, I'm not painting a rosy picture by any means of things that occurred under the British Empire or any of the other European empires. Obviously, there was a fair share of a lot of uh, horrible uh, things. But that being said, right now if people are more educated as far as would-be future leaders who are in europe or the united states or whatever who have learned from their past of things not to do and instead can maybe offer you know a better way for people to uh live would it make sense to actually revitalize like this is going to be total neocon love here would it make any sense to revitalize the imperial system in such a way as to protect these African nations from Chinese conquest, or do you think that this is too bold? It's already too late, and the Chinese are just going to take everything over.
2: Oh, if it was up to me, I would revitalize the British Empire tomorrow. <laughs> like I would, uh, I would set up colonies. I would basically go down the whole American Manifest Destiny route sort of, you know, uh, we our system's better. Uh, your ideology sucks, your culture sucks, or, you know, we can help you out, we can guide you like father, like son, and so on. But it's never gonna happen, you know. I mean t- um you know British people just wanna look after themselves and they want to dabble with their mediocrity and the slowly you know slow empire will slowly dwindle and become mediocre. And same with the American Empire which is gonna become the next Britain in a hundred years' time. And then in another hundred years time you know, some other is gonna take over China and so on. And it's going to become the same thing. I mean, it's, um, when every country gets comfortable and at the top, they never stay at the top because they have no way to continue that success or reinvent mm-hmm. themselves, you know, get one up. But these struggles that these developing countries endure, they completely take over, um, you know, other mm. developed nations at the time. And I think that's where Africa's going to be just passed around like uh, like, um, l- like a little... Pass around girl, girl in a l- yeah, yeah. Yeah, pass around, go like uh, like an 18 year old's dream whilst watching Pornhub. You know, it's, it's just going to get fucked constantly. Yeah.
0: And it is a, and it is a big shame. And then I think of something like Iraq, which I think was a big mistake as far as America going in there. But imagine if we were to have had people who went into Iraq who would have been similar to the old school British Empire people, where they would have laid down the law and uh, they would have just taken over. How do you think the people who are living in Iraq? who were, let's say, under Saddam Hussein before, would have reacted to that? Because we didn't do that. What ended up, we, the United States didn't do that. The United States made a deal with some other people who were, you know, like the opposition of that tribe, and they're the ones who ended up ruling it and causing a lot of harm for people. Do you think that if the European cultural power, whatever you want to call it, would have taken charge of Iraq, The locals would have reacted to it worse than they would have reacted, you know, after this competing tribe took over uh, in uh, Iraq. Uh, Or do you think that they would have um, been okay with having this hegemonic European uh, state ruling over them, like in the days of the British Empire uh, with uh, Egypt, for instance?
2: Well, Saddam and his people are very proud people. At the end of the day, I think they'll reject the British influence. Um, but it does depend on how you go about it and how you actually how you actually jump into that situation like if America handled Afghanistan differently they could have integrated the whole culture inside and slowly transformed it into a little overseas colony even Um, but they screwed it up and then Afghanistan fought back and so on. I think with the way (laughs) governments uh, put together plans I think Britain would, and America would totally be pushed back by um, Iraq in general if they tried to do the whole Manifest Destiny thing and actually take over and try and help. But I think Africa's different because they're desperate for someone to show them the way. And then a corrupt leader oh, yeah. voted in, then they steal all the money, then run away to another country, and then they repeat the system 50 times. Um,
1: well, look what happened with Rhodesia with the Ian Smith. I mean,
2: I he had a great...
1: Yeah, he had a great plan. I mean, basically, teach a ruling class to function as a civilization in Africa if they gave him time. But no, the British and Americans and the corporations said, oh, evil, bad, racism, apartheid. Hmm. Well, there there were also a lot of commies. They rushed it
0: through, and you got Mugabe. Hmm. Well, there were also a lot of commies, from what I understand, in South Africa at least. I'm not sure what happened in Rhodesia regarding their influence, but there yeah. was a huge thing with the USSR influencing things to turn out the way that they did in the uh, African oh, colonies. And, yeah, and again, it is a it is a big shame. Like, did you know that we had, for example, who's the name? She's this uh, – oh, uh, Angela Davis. Angela Davis oh, God, was one yeah. of the uh, top people who came to the USSR from the United States, and she constantly gave lectures over there, earned a lot of money. So, like – Angela Davis, somebody that a lot of the uh, old she's like Russians god know. of woke
1: ideology, she's yeah. goddess. Sorry, goddess of woke ideology. Yeah, mm. so. but uh,
0: <laughs> but regarding just the whole uh, imperial uh, question here, I understand that the Iraqis are a uh, proud people and they don't want to have anybody under them. Uh, when it comes though to certain things like Iran, and you remember those images of the women in the dresses back from the nineteen uh, seventies, and I think same thing in Afghanistan. You had yes. pockets of civilization there, and it comes down to this uh, question that I asked uh, originally. Are you How boomer do you...
1: posting right now?
0: Yes, I am boomer post. No, Iranian came... women in dresses. Yeah, yeah Iranian probably... women in dresses. No, it oh, comes... it so great. no, no, oh, no, no it comes stop. to it comes to the question of that whole. And again, if you think I'm boomer posting right now, I'm about to drop in the Star Trek reference. Uh, you know that whole Star Trek idea of do no harm, well, uh, prime directive. That's it. So, Lord Miles, are you familiar with the Prime Directive? I think roughly yes. It's uh, No Interference, um, and it's something like that. Yes, exactly. Me. So the question is, can there be this Prime Directive in the world, or is there something morally repugnant about that, where if there are certain places out there that do end up doing you know, things that would be considered to be against human rights – then if something can be done about it, something should be done about it. The only problem is that that think of the children, think of the women response was something that may have been used in the past to bring people into a lot of countries, not for the sake of improving those countries, but for other reasons. Or it could have been a multitude. It could have been a little bit of that and a little bit of making money. So I don't know where exactly I personally stand on the prime directive question when it comes to leaving certain people the hell alone, but then... You know, what about, you know, the women and the children and certain societies, there are incredibly, you know, incredibly cruel, like they could be based in certain circumstances, but they could also be cruel.
2: I'm divided on this whole interference thing just because of a factor that we haven't discussed actually the nuclear bomb, because if. It, what you could do at the end of the day um before the nuclear bomb was invented you can let a nation go its own way and make its own mistakes and hopefully turn to you or take influence and you know we can become a little bit more you know cooperative with the global community and so on or you know its system might become a success and that's a great experiment and good on them but now because nukes have been invented you know they're uh, a force to be reckoned with and all these countries all these little micro states that are just trying to exist like North Korea and Iran in general and all these others they're trying to develop a nuke just so they can sustain themselves and no other force can ever influence them like America can't come into a country that has a nuke because then they know they can level the playing field at the end of the day and then if say a major city gets nuked the support for war will just plummet, and that's why North Korea is so desperate to get nuclear weapons so I really I think if a country does seem like it's going down a route that we don't like, um, say the British Empire won't like it and that country might get nukes in the future, absolutely invade the next day, like absolutely destroy the nation, rebuild it. If the nation has nukes, I would say go down a diplomatic solution and um, possibly do what the Russians did during the 90s and infiltrate the institutions and uh, install kind of Puppets, and then see if you can pull strings from the inside. Um, I think it'd be good to influence from that situation. But at the end of the day, I also don't want to make a country too strong in comparison to my own. Because that's one thing, too. America and the US and all the other Western nations are so busy uh, you know, talking and trying to help other nations and giving billions, but then they don't actually you know, look after their own citizens and actually yeah. fix their mm-hmm. own issues at home. Yeah, so. Uh, well, that's,
1: I'm I mean, foreign aid's that. a huge scam. Yeah. I mean,. It's proven that it actually hinders these African countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And, and as far as Afghanistan goes, at a fest, I was speaking to this one uh, uh, veteran. He was talking about how when they were there, they were installing these uh, various schools for the kids and things of that nature. And I'm thinking like, shit, Like, think of all history. Which military ever did that? Maybe I'm wrong, but usually it would go in somewhere pillage and have their way with the women and then leave. As far as having a military that actually goes and builds schools and does that stuff. Well, the Romans did that. True, but see, the, the interesting thing is that the Romans did that, but they did that to the colonies, right? They did that to a place which is now theirs. Well, yeah, theirs. I mean, you, you have to accept and America, Roman rule. Yeah, and America yeah. does not do that, and that's where I think the confusion lies, is that maybe a lot of these countries are used to this historic... Uh, a historic sense of a country going in there, taking over, and then building the schools. But it's like well, America goes America in there, build has... the schools, but then gives some other tribe a carte blanche to, uh, you know, well,
1: America does have that, but they have a very terrible, the, the, the way America does it inadvertently is through the NGO industrial complex, where they will send in their American based NGOs to go in there and then teach, uh, school children about, uh, you know, trans rights and so forth. I don't know. Do that they, is did... the American wait 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 wait, wait. hold on hold on
0: that's a that's a nice sounding meme. I don't know if they go all the way from one to ten. If we're no, it's true. About... They were it's very really? true love. They were teaching oh, Afghanistan God.
1: women about um, priorities. Susan Sontag priorities. And, uh, uh,
0: see, this is why I think Lord Miles can actually read. Re-energize uh, the British You don't believe Empire. in trans
1: marriage in Afghanistan. Love, I believe in Lord Miles. I, I, you're very bad American. Love. I, I believe... thought you hated it, Russia and you love America. Love.
0: The, no, you don't believe love, in
1: trans he... rights for the Afghani's.
0: If we're talking, <laughs> well, if we're talking about, if we're talking about somebody like Lord Miles, I think Lord Miles is strong enough in spirit that if there are a couple of Lord Miles's out there, I doubt the power structure that we have today with the motivations and the ideologies of these NGOs. I doubt they're going to be able to withstand the power of somebody like Lord Miles. Again, I think it may be like this conservation of the virile energy or at least the redirection of this whole energy within you towards something that's bigger than you. This is something that I think the British Empire people had back then. Miles, you are somebody who is, you know, a very handsome uh, young man and I think that people know <laughs> if you want to have sex with any woman you can. But the only thing that you're doing right now is you're deciding not to, and that's different. Like Bard pointed out, somebody who is not able to have sex and then says, well, I don't want to do it anyway. And I think it's a similar situation yep. with the British Empire, where the British Empire would have been like, you know what? We're not going to just fully exploit, do whatever the hell we want in these places. We could, but we're not instead we're going to redirect yeah. that towards helping as much as possible and again I'm not saying I, that's everybody but yeah
2: i woke up this morning and i had a really good you know uh sexual dream to put it lightly and, you know i was like i was like rock hard right and i was there like i was tempted and then i i thought about god and i was like <laughs> no he can't i can't do it i mean i just kind of like walked like this to the bathroom you know yeah and then kind of peed on the wall by accident mm. to the shower. and then yeah, and so on. So I, I don't know. I I really hope there's someone who can kind of have that self-control where they can do the right thing at the end of the day and actually have all the money and the power. And that's the one thing I wouldn't mind one day, but I think I'm going to settle down you know, in the near future and kind of start my own life. But I think if someone's in charge of Afghanistan right now, or even America, because you know, it's but, definitely not true. But Biden. I think <laughs> if these people are in charge and...
1: It's very interesting, though, like the no yeah, thing. Yeah. But it's very interesting, the no fap thing. I think like... The problem is like if you're if you're like alone most of your life, or if you're some kind of incel, I mean there is that immediate release, but I think I don't know. It's very interesting the psychology of it. I think like the fact that there are certain like porn trends being normalized is sort of indicative of where the largely, like, male psyche is going. It's not going in a very good direction. I mean, I think that... But,
0: but also, I think the yeah. approach may be that there is still a focus among the religious people, or at least this was in the past one of the reasons why i think a lot of the religious uh religiously raised people turn against religion is i think that there was still this aspect of you know uh daddy god does not want you to touch yourself because it's yucky i think it's being looked at as this uh because i say so type of thing as opposed to what exactly happens to you as a person and what it means when you yeah, you know, like not, not demonizing the acts at all, I think is the way, but actually trying to see what can be beyond this kind of state that you're in. And if that's the approach that's taken, I think that may be a healthier one. Because otherwise, if we did live in more of a religiously, let's say, oppressive, however you want to say it, society, I don't think with the modern... Whatever you call it, I don't think with the modern conditions that are around us as far as internet, cell phones, whatever, I doubt that would be able to be retained. Because as soon as you start clamping down, somebody could find some other piece of information out and they say, oh, masturbation is healthy, yada, yada, yada. And off we go to the races. So instead, I think the only way out, if all of this that's going on right now is a uh, human test, is a way of us learning from our mistakes, then it's not to just say, well, because I said so or because God up in the sky said so, but it is to look at this much more thoroughly and to find out exactly what are these various processes that are going on inside of the human being and what changes do happen to people who would forego immediate sense gratification and does something end up growing inside themselves that may not have grown uh, beforehand. And I'm not talking about tumors although there are people who say that as well but anyway i don't know do you, do you see where i'm going with your miles that. i don't know i get that. what you mean that you're very right mate see Gio, miles says i'm very right and you said no i mean the so much... prostate cancer thing oh I think yeah, that's yeah, weird yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no like, yeah you yeah, are right i
2: mean it's prostate cancer, it's, stupid. it's like um yeah you know, it's like it's like me saying Oh if uh if i slam your head against the wall Fifty times it might reduce uh, the possibility of you falling down the stairs later because you have to stay in the bed. Like it's it's retarded. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) you know, um,
1: most men over eighty years old actually have some form of prostate cancer. That's Statistically, yeah, yeah. they say. Yeah,
2: I would rather have prostate cancer than a crippling porn addiction and erectile dysfunction with my own wife because I'm attracted to like I don't know some weird niece fetish that you can only find on Black dot com or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite. I, I saw true. this. I saw this picture of these uh, two furries well, well, with the inflated bellies, and their bellies Ooh. were touching and it reminded me of the master oh my God. It reminded me of the mastercard logo i think that is next the mastercard <laughs> company should make a commercial with two furries their bellies meeting up together like this and turning into the mastercard logo and that is how they're going to sell cuz there are a lot yeah. of furries out there today right miles like uh you've probably encountered furry culture
2: yeah i mean it, it to this weird war stuff and Yes. piss play and <laughs> oh, I <don't> water,
1: <laughs> water sports they used to call yeah. it back in the day. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's weird because some of them are actually attracted people and it's just bizarre. I don't know. I blame I, I,
1: I blame a mixture of neglect, child abuse, and um being signed up by Discord moderators into yeah. certain lifestyles—that's why yeah. I blame. I don't think there was um, enough
2: child abuse, like them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> God damn.
0: No, they're not the right kind uh, of child Lord. abuse. No, yeah. no this, I'm against any any abuse at all. No, but uh, when it does come to a lot of these fetishes, another thing that I find is very common is the bright colors. If you ever go to DeviantArt uh, and look up the various, a lot of them didn't have fathers, I, yeah. I would imagine. Sure. Well, if it's you look, different. Yeah. Well, if you look up the because first the furry art, it's very brightly colored. A lot of pastels, a lot of things like that. They're all different
2: regions of autism. That's what I think it is. Probably. You've got people obsessed with trains and, you know, military and Roman history. <laughs> and we've got uh, the autistic people obsessed with video games. Everyone finds their niche nowadays. And they become more and more autistic, and then they kind of grow that community, Um, and that's when I I think furries are a special breed of people. Breed people, yeah. yeah. The (laughs)
1: internet really is like an autism machine in that sense, Mm. yeah. Like like, the sense of creating like very neuroatypical behavior patterns, not in the sense that the internet like clinically makes you autistic. I'm saying like. You have to be an artist to really navigate the hyper real world, I think, you know.
2: Yeah, every kid nowadays gets a phone like a 13 years old. I mean, it's only if it goes downhill for them through puberty. 13 years
0: old, that's, like, that's I, too, five that's too old, 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 I guess, for most people. I'd say it's like four. Yeah, I know. You know, like imagine those four-year-olds oh, yeah, who grew bad. up with the I'm iPads. Not like, I'm not even
2: like kids own only- them. I'm not letting my kid own, like, a smartphone until 16. And he's not going to go on the internet until at least 10. And when he's on the internet, it's going to be, like, North Korean internet where he's going to have a Wikipedia and some other things and only I can, you know, show him this type of stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to control my child. He's going to be a little I me. Mean, that's the whole point of having children, you know. Uh, to help you out <laughs> but some people would stuff. say that's evil and Pretty wrong. <laughs> and that you have
1: to have... You should have to have free yeah, spirit. But they're...
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It's It, 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 it depends <laughs> on... What's... It depends on people because, for example, if we're talking about uh, exposing, uh, you know, your children to various things out there like, I don't know, certain certain movies that are made like Clockwork Orange, for instance, you know, great movies, genius movies, I'd say, movies who you could say, you know, not for five-year-olds, six-year-olds and so on and so forth. But at a certain point, these are things that, you know, like South Park, for instance, you know, any of these... i watched raunch- in...
2: 2006, when I was six years old, I watched a South Park movie, and I, yeah, I do like, swearing gears, and that was my new thing for like two years.
0: Yeah, but see, you turned out fine, so I don't necessarily. I did not. <laughs> yeah. No, compared to a lot of other people, Miles, I think you did turn out fine. I think there is always going to be this irreverence culture for young people. In fact, I think it was Short Fat Ataku who did that uh, video about irreverence culture, where the South Parks of their time, what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to rally against a lot of these busybodies who we see a lot on social media today. And it's very funny how we have a lot of these Zoomers who apparently have become, like, they did not go through this adolescent stage of being rebellious against authority. And in the way, they've succumbed to authority where, like, the furry porn and all that stuff, that's part of the authority. That's part of the uh, the beast right here, you know, fur- furry beast but you see what I mean, right? Like there's nothing controversial and edgy about being a furry or about being trans or about being any of these things or about being non-binary. This is just something that's par for the course. But what is edgy and controversial, like I said in the very beginning, is going to be going against all of these things. And uh, where do you see that particular culture of irreverence going in the future?
2: Well, I think it's going to be a boiling pot of ideologies towards a slow painful death of society and ideologies in general or there's a huge revolution where people basically just turn one way extreme you know leftist extremes rightist extremes or so on always splits down the middle who cares at the end of the day people become extremists in one way so they can kind of get away with get away with mediocrity that's what we're seeing nowadays anyway you can't when the nazis back then are nothing compared to people on you know um, on 4chan that actually are pure Nazis that actually look at this type of stuff and they get into you know crazy crackpot theories, which is kind of funny but at the same time a little bit concerning. Speaking
1: of yeah. which, uh, there's a great comment here. Uh, let's address this, Miles. Yeah. Um, Miles is worse than a Fed. He's a Zoomer hired. Bougie boy who jets <laughs> around the world while putting down people who are dropping out of Babylon and living simply. Where did Miles put down people that live simply? I don't. Know. I
2: thought he was. Yeah, yeah and the whole thing that I wanted. I literally said I wanted to sell my stuff and live in a cabin. I think that person's yeah, just I mean, mad that I'm traveling the world, and you know I. You're used to a, rich be homeless, right? yeah, rich a rich kid or some. Yeah, I'm a rich. I'm a rich kid who used to be homeless, and actually has no family, and you know his family grew up on benefits, basically like um, welfare for Americans out there. So uh, that makes perfect sense. I think they're just trying to cope, and trying to fit. Like you know, all this person is just this because of this. You no, know, because I'm I'm traveling and doing this stuff because I got. I basically worked hard. Uh, worked, uh, sacrificed a lot, something worked in the end of the day, I don't know why it was, but it came together, guys. And then 65,000 people follow me, because they want to see retarded opinions, and see me do retarded stuff. And that works. And they're just there festering in the comments section of their own mediocrity, and they go, go home and lay in bed saying, Oh, that Lord Miles guy, how terrible of him, You know, how could he do this type of stuff, I'm going to sleep very comfortably, Knowing, the, knowing I'm going to cry myself to sleep and never accomplish anything and work my boring 9 to 5 and never step out of my comfort zone.
0: Yeah. Wow. Just- and there you have it. Hitting on the chuds. So- Hitting on the chuds. I- all right, so before... KG, fuck yes. you, guys. Before we go... Uh, fi- <laughs> okay, before we go, it's uh, Super Chats time, all right? These are the Super Chats. So everybody right now... Oh, by sneak- the way, did you
1: hear the, the Whoopi Goldberg exchange, love?
0: No, I didn't. I, I, I prefer Whoopsie Goldberg from Tim and Eric. Look that up later for she those who are watching. She said that a
1: certain event um, is, wasn't about race. It was about man. And then Joey Behar is like, what? wasn't about race. <laughs>
0: Did you see that clip, Lev? No, no, no. I got to take a look at that. she had to
1: apologize publicly. Um, <laughs> you oh, didn't man. see that, Lev?
0: No, I'm not into these chicken. Lev, was that certain event games. about
1: people hating people? It wasn't about race, was it?
0: I have, I actually have no idea what you're talking about right now, Gio. You know,
1: in the 20th century, that certain regime. Oh,
0: oh. Okay, well I mentioned wait. Joy Behar. That should give me a dead giveaway laugh. I mean, I see, on. I don't even know who Joy Behar is. <laughs> this is what, okay, <laughs> her, I hear her name. I don't, really know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know who exactly she is. Uh, this is how this is how nice my life is, that I don't have to know who Joy Behar is. Like I just hear her name, it just like pops in, you know, like uh, you know, like a wisp and then it just goes away. <laughs>
1: uh, but anyway, Look but this. Why my fuck working people
0: said like a real liberal.
1: Listen, no. Working people are liberals. I don't know like, you know how many people in on in Ottawa right now who are basically like policy wonks and government people that are having their shit tossed by non-stop honking and posting about it on Reddit how terrible it is that the honking will never stop. Those are real working class people. The true neat aristocracy will be right wing, okay? I hate to say No, listen, there's different degrees. I think that working people, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business person, if you're independent contractor, those are the people who are the true uh, right wing working class. Whereas if you're some government like wagey cagey person. I don't know what to say. You have a fucking, uh, you have a useless email job. Go fuck yourself, in my opinion. <laughs> mm. Everyone in Ottawa with useless email jobs that are terrified of the truckers,
0: go fuck yourself. Well, this, uh, this may be something that people <laughs> end up finding out later on with uh, the whole, uh, you know, Backstreet Boys World yeah. tour that so many of these office jobs were pretty useless and uh bake you know there could be some culling there anyway let us go to super chats and this is the final chance for you guys to snee those super chats so here we go the abc one two three four five six three nine nine five dollars future pope geo Sneed fund. there we go <laughs> uh, uh one okay well, raise you five dollars hey, hey guys can you do a video regarding digital art versus traditional art i'd love to see Gio debate this also yeah. i'd like to wish miles <laughs> also, that's right you are digital art <laughs> frankly speaking you are digital art to the people who follow you you are a digital presence and you are an artist anyway um also i'd like to wish miles much luck and cheers oh thank you i think I think in March time, guys, uh, January February March, yeah, March time,
2: go announce what I've done if I make it out live, and I think you guys are going to like it, so um, you don't even have to follow me for it, I, I have a deal within the news, they said they'll air it as soon as it happens, um, so when it does happen, guys, I think I think we're going to have some fun, I think you guys are going to like it, I hope to do you proud, so thank you.
0: Nice, and finally we I'm have... I'm not joining ICE, I promise. <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> and then finally we have Stop Asking For My Name. Five dollars. Guest ideas. Uh, Dr. David. Did he write this correctly? Skrbina, technological skeptic author, correspond with Ted K for years. Well, that's as close as this world are gonna come to actually speaking with Ted K. Well, let's oh, I've
1: heard of this guy. Yeah, and John Michael Greer. I think yeah,
0: John Michael Greer. Yeah, John
1: I... Michael Greer is actually very hard to get, but we could talk to Meta Nomad because John Michael Greer doesn't do a lot of stuff outside mm. of just Meta Nomad uh so we could ask him that'd be great yes, i mean exactly i don't know i would want to grift off of his thing and finally so. and
0: finally we got a we got a new patron tito one two three four five six seven eight nine zero <laughs> uh surf shack tito is our new patron and i'm very thankful for that Sir I don't know, tito. I don't know if, uh, lord miles have you watched rocket power back in the day but uh i
2: watched a little bit of it
0: yes yeah there we go so surf shack tito that's our patron
2: Look He's at gonna... the uh, tweet that
0: Lord Miles
1: shared, by the way. Um, hooray, progress, global <laughs> moment. And it's uh, a trans athlete swimmer. Doesn't always cover up the genitalia.
4: You'd <laughs> see this at post on iFunny.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Oh, you still use iFunny? Amazing. I've had it,
2: I've had it about 2,300 days on my old account and my Aww. new account with
1: Oh days. Do you
0: sell the flag? Yeah, the iFunny funny flag. is a
1: true aristocracy yes. of posters.
2: People don't I know funny.
1: about iFunny.
2: Hmm. Yeah, if you guys don't know about iFunny. It's basically a deep level four chan with its own little community. That's you've got the you can't get into iFunny or deep iFunny because there's a there's a featured section like the front page of Reddit. So anyone who downloads it doesn't know how to get to this section. So everyone's kind of just in this little community and they only let people in very slowly, people that they know, friends, stuff like that. And no one really slips through a crack saying it's got this own little subculture that just for some reason has never been discovered. And it's not a site because it's run on Russian servers, so it's not some sort of US Fed thing, which is great. You know, there have been loads of feds on there, (laughs) which is even better. Wow.
1: I wonder. I could probably. I, I know my tweets have gone and died funny. I've known people who are on there, like Serpent Mound, but I'm the one. My first tweet I ever got and died funny was when this anime account ratioed me. Because I had this joke tweet where I said that anime girls eating burgers is cultural appropriation. And so this <laughs> anime weave just fucking ratioed the hell out of me. It was hilarious. By the way, if you notice that there
0: was a Chinese comment in the chat, I know you guys can't see it. There is? But I tra- Yeah, I translated it, and here's what it says. Give me the elixir created by the God Emperor. Teach me to eat, but also fine and brain. Longitivity is the same as the stone forever. Whoa... That's a, that's a good way it's to me, end this, me. I think.
2: Hey, thanks, Chin Chin. Is
0: <laughs> forever. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Lord Miles, always, a great, great. always a great pleasure to have you on, my friend. And oh, yeah. It's of... an honor to be can, here. Thank
2: you, guys. Thank you to everyone for being watching. Can,
0: can people uh, still fund your uh, adventures?
2: Unfortunately, they have to keep the wheel going. It has to happen. So... Sadly, you guys have forced me to travel, and thank you for the donations, and thank you for continuing my pain. Uh, so, yeah, if anyone wants to go and donate, just uh, my PayPal would be greatly appreciated. I think I even I would go as far as to say, if you guys do want to donate, just wait till my big trip is announced and I show why I did. Because what I've done right now, I've, I've gone into massive debt, I've just taken out a huge loan to make a big trip happen. 'Cause it's a it's a, a more obligation of mine and I'm not gonna let this not work. Wow. So as soon as you guys hear it, it's either gonna be the end of me or, you know, something bigger. So if you guys like what I do with this big trip, um, you know, I throw throw a pound or two or a dollar or two my way and that'd be much appreciated. Is it
1: a secret so far? Are you keeping it up under wraps or
2: is a secret, but I'll let you guys know off stream.
1: He's going to go into the middle of Chernobyl and go into the elephant's foot and take a bite. That's going to be his
2: <laughs> final trip. No, if I if I um, get to the age of, say, 90 and I don't have a family, I'm probably going to want to do something like that. Yeah, just get it. Unfortunately, I like.
1: think they're dismantling the original site. They have this huge structure with this giant crane. Uh, they're actually going to dismantle the original Chernobyl, RIP to uh, Chernobyl. By the way, for the oh,
0: question sorry. for the question about whether I have bed bugs, because as I was moving the thing, like uh, out popped like a tab that uh, I did not know was going to be on the screen. It was a stink bug. So I found a stink bug inside of one of these books and I had to uh, release it outside. But uh, anyway, that's what it was. So I was trying to find out what the hell is this weird looking bug. So that's a story. Not before you go, please go bugs. to my
1: channel, Jenner Productions that's at YouTube right. where I have a video address to the truckers. Get very emotional and steamy in that one. So
0: And also follow yeah, yeah. Geo on Twitter at twitter.com giant. Oh Lord Miles,
1: but you're always probably following Lord Miles. Lord Miles has recently recently given me the mutual, so thank you, my good friend. Nice. i right re- greatly appreciate you know, the it. No, it's at
2: least to do I I'm surprised me probably to follow you sooner. Thank Yeah, you. I know. And of course, guys, because I'm a fed i'm following everyone
0: else, so <laughs> yeah, he's <gonna> like, yes. <laughs> and he's also taking
1: Peter Thiel money, ladies and gentlemen.
0: And also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com dot slash levpo l e v p o. I'm going to be posting more artwork, yada yada yada. And uh, lastly, on the show that we're going to have on Thursday, once again, it's going to be the video game show called "Which Way Will Gamer Culture Go?" And here it is in the chat for you. See it. Uh, I know, Geo, you're probably not going to be able to see the uh, cover right now. But that's why I have the, uh, I have the, uh, what do you call it? You know this. Hold on, what is wrong with me? I have the camera, uh, virtual cam, and that's why no. I'm going to show off the cover on the virtual cam so you guys could see it. I don't know if I'm going to be repeating the uh, Instagram. Oh my
1: God! Did you? I clicked on it. Did you? You used fucking Last of Us too.
0: <laughs> I use Last of Us too, and I use. Uh... <laughs> you should have had the meme where she's joking. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and, I used, uh, miss, uh, miss, <laughs> and i used miss miss and i use miss italy 2022 right over oh, here oh this is terrible miss oh. italy 2022 and i used the the guy from i don't know lego man from uh, uh roblox i don't even two know of my <laughs> favorite memes come
1: from the last of us 2 with that the trans character where it's the choking one but it's the one where they're fucking each other and it's like people that edit it it's like um yeah like the be- my favorite one was when Sonichu is choking Chris Chan, and Chris Chan is like, "No, I created you!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's like a
0: Fra- that? that's like Frankenstein's monster going after uh, Frankenstein.
2: What was there a photo going around where trans Chris Chan looked like a certain U.S. politician or family Father or something?
1: Oh yeah, where uh, Chris Chan looks like Ben Franklin. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the founding fathers. Photos. Yeah. Um, whatever. Uh, is there any updates on Chris Chan? I wonder. Um, but
2: <laughs> free no my one. man, he did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe oh, no. maybe
0: after Christine gets free, you can take her on an adventure together and have oh, her explore God. the world. Bring her to China because Chris Chan was always yeah. talking yeah. about China, yeah, China this, China that. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Or maybe oh no! Electric
0: chair or something like oh no!
1: Don't say that. <laughs> bring, bring Christine to the Afghanistan. There you go. <laughs> to <Yeah>. the rooftop. <laughs> oh yes. God! It's what expensive. is wrong with you people?
0: Have have some respect.
1: <sighs> um. Apparently, uh, this GamerGate stream, we're going to have a journalist from the New York Times who, <laughs> who is married to Emily Nasbaum of. Uh, you know, yeah, it's great. I look I, forward to it, and, and he
0: looks forward to it, and it's going to be a great time. So, listen, the fact that we're able to have journalists from the New York Times on is a great thing, and we should, oh, respe- we should respect. We You better them. send to the chat like
1: this, this stream live. I mean, I don't know. I know well,
0: I'm. I don't know what's going to happen, but either way, I'm very excited for uh, the stream on Thursday, and I'm very honored to have Lord Miles here with uh, with the whole BTR community. Please subscribe. Please help Lord Miles out on his adventure. I really appreciate uh, the time you took here and look forward to having you again soon. Who knows what kind of surprise guest we're going to bring with you uh, next time. It'll it'll be something completely random, completely you'll never guess what it is. So I don't even know what it is yet. We'll see. Or maybe I do know and I'm not saying. Either way, thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. Patreon.com slash BreakTheRules. You know it. You love it. Good night, everybody. God bless you guys. Goodbye. Here we go. Okay, that's finished.